Stadium. Wow! Is all I have to... Wow, World of Winnie. That's me, World of Vinnie. World of Wow. Wait, um, are, are you also hemorrhaging subscribers year over year? I hope not. Oh, where's your stock <laughs> oh, right, no. Wait, Jeez, forget I, I asked that. Yeah, no, I definitely, definitely do not. Uh, I, and if anything, welcome everybody. Come into the fabulous world of news and entertainment here on the Next Lender Podcast. Brad Shoemaker, how are you? Worlds of wonder. How about that? That's the wow that I remember. No, unfortunately, that one is taken now by uh, by RuPaul. That's the name of, her, of their production company. Wait, really? World of so wonder, where, yes. Where, where does where does that leave Teddy Ruxpin? Uh, oh, dead it's... on the side of the road. Oh, don't say that. <laughs> Sitting in an alley with a knife with that uh, caterpillar thing. Just someone waiting. just someone just put a fucking journey tape in there, and all it does is play <laughs> "Don't Stop Believing." Well, it's like it rots on the side of a road. I, Maybe I, it's, I should. That's my art project. This, this seems like exactly the kind of rabbit hole I should have fallen down before now. But I'm pretty sure there was like a pretty big Teddy Ruxpin hacking scene for a while. I think you might be right. Like making Teddy Ruxpin do some questionable things, perhaps. Alex Navarro, uh-huh. um, how are you? I good. Real, remembering now that I never actually had a Teddy Ruxpin, and now I suddenly I need to go talk to my therapist about my childhood. There, we had a Teddy Ruxpin in the house. It was kind of boring. It's uh, yeah, but there yeah, was like a reboot of Teddy Ruxpin not that long ago. Oh God, you're right. Yeah. Wow. Everything that, you loved as a child will be rebooted eventually. It's, it's like the, the product page on Amazon literally says Teddy Ruxpin official return of the story time and magical bear. Yeah, I'm. I'm you your do, storytelling friend. You could do better. This Put an not, SD card in me now. <laughs> yeah, probably. This does I'm, not. I'm calling look, your mom. Hold on. Not, beep, boop, 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 boop. This is not the Teddy Ruxpin I remember. Teddy Ruxpin fucking narked on me because <laughs> I had had some friends over. Teddy Wait. Ruxpin says, "Pass that shit here, or I'm mm-hmm. going to notify uh, the police." Is Teddy Ruxpin a cop? Teddy Ruxpin has to tell me if he's a cop. <laughs> Put the right tape in. Kenny Ruffin's no uh, longer a cop. Apparently, Worlds of Wonder was founded by former Atari employees. I think there's your there's your video game connection. I thought it was uh, I, okay. Here's wait. I, if you dig deeper, I thought it was Bushnell. I thought it was like Chuck E. Cheese pedigree. Uh, Worlds of wait, Wonder was like really because that's that's also you. That's might also be Atari. Right. Yeah, that's a, you might that's be possible. right. It is possible. Let's follow this. Follow this Rux pole outwards, no matter where it goes. It's Less uh, the less we dig into the doings of Nolan Bushnell in the eighties, the better. Just put put Probably. Nolan Bushnell's autobiography tape into Teddy Ruxpin and watch the magic really happen. Yes. I'm not sure there's too much we could uncover about Nolan Bushnell at this point that he has not gleefully told people in public over that's, and over again. That's probably fair. I mean, does Teddy Ruxpin work in a hot tub? I don't know. You tell me. Did you ever open up those suits out of, the, out of Chuck E. Cheese? That's where the mafia hides the bodies. Just in the animatronic suits and Wait, jersey. Wait, hang on. Is that, is, that a, is that like a jersey urban legend? No, but it should be. We should oh, start Are you saying Jimmy Hoffa is like <laughs> stuffed inside a country time bear playing the fucking banjo? Just, just formaldehyde it up Jim, in there. Jim, <laughs> Jim, Jimmy Hoffa's ragtime washboard band. <laughs> oh god, the, the helmet came off. Is that Jimmy? Let me out. Let me I, you out. know, we know by now because all those animatronics are rotting from the inside. So like, we would see it by this point. They are, yes. 
There's a Chuck E. Cheese, at least two of them I, I see around in Jersey. I thought they were done, but they, they still are kicking. There's one not too far from where I live that is in a one of those little shopping centers they have in Queens where it's like it's two stories and then there's like, you know, there's a guitar center and there's like a, you know, like a Mervyn's or whatever the fuck and, <laughs> uh, and a grocery store. And then the top floor, there's just a section that is occupied by maybe the chintziest Chuck E. Cheese I have ever seen in my life. It mm. looks, it has the look of a thi- of a mob front. Like it is, it, it, it has like the barest minimum of accoutrement that a Chuck E. Cheese can have to occupy a space. But it looks like there is a back room somewhere where people are just like, taking the skim from the Chuck E. Cheese and they are counting their drug money. Like they, they have a pizza, one arcade machine, and that's all you need. And a thing that is possibly a person in a suit that they call animatronic. And they're yeah. like, it's just it's, a front. It, it is the most bare bones Chuck E. Cheese I've ever seen in my life. And somehow it is still open. Are, are, are fronts like an obvious thing out there? Like, I apologize if this is too stereotypically New York and New Jersey of a question. Maybe I've watched too much, uh, five families fiction mm-hmm. or something but like are there very obvious like storefront fronts around like that is just everybody knows just like oh yeah that's not that's not a legitimate business i i i would say that there are businesses i have questions about but yeah. i can't say that it is like super like there are things there are basic things like you know okay there are certain shady massage parlors around there are these like soccer clubs like these clubhouses where i think old greek men just go to hang out and drink and it's like they're all named after specific greek islands so i sure. think it's like Those if you're from there you get clubs they're social clubs but i don't like there's also a couple of bars around here that i think are operating illegally like it never they're never actually open but sometimes people walk in there and out of there and it's like mm, i don't know about that i think of more like the 115 weird like handbag and kids backpack stores you see on the street and you're like how are you in business like oh there is there is a perfume store in my neighborhood that is i appears to be nothing but product that fell off the back of a truck and it is organized (laughs) in a way where that you can tell they barely took the stuff out of boxes it looks like it looks like a hoarder's house but if a hoarder did nothing but hoard stolen perfume that smells like that. I can smell that smell, and it smells yeah. disgusting. So those are the stores I would always walk by and be like, "What? How are you an electronics store? You have a mm-hmm. you have an '80s Walkman, like uh, uh, a mini DV section over here. Like, I guess at this point that stuff would go for good money, but like you know, electronics that are just a little outside their time, right? Like mm-hmm. just like." Hey, get your latest HD DVDs. And it's like, what? How are you doing? And this thing's all covered in dust. And we're like, we're open for business. Checking a mini disc. It's the future of music recording. Yeah, come get them. And it's like, uh, get your get your two gigabyte SD cards now. Um, and it's like, how are you guys open for business? Well, I do need a two gigabyte SD card. Well, you got to be uh, careful, though, because there's, there's, there's those, but there's also some that are just like complete multi-purpose businesses like there's a place that sells electronics but also they're a notary but also they're a travel agency somehow also there's a cobbler in the back you don't really know how all these things fit together but they do and so Uh, like sometimes they are really just like these ramshackle businesses that are just thrown together different disciplines and then there are the occasional mob fronts as well and all of them will make duplicate keys for you Yes, yeah, every single hey, one dude, of them could, has a key master. If I could, if I could go to one place and arrange international travel and also get my shoes fixed, why yep. wouldn't I? There well, is you also pla- like to buy some phone cards. 
there's a place here that is a uh, uh, in my town that is uh, a travel and uh, agency slash uh, Korean chicken place, uh, and it is uh, what's the what's the chain Korean chicken Bonchon. It's a Bonchon slash travel agency. So you go in there, you can get your Bonchon order, and uh, you'll get to take a nice trip if you want. Possibly uh, to Korea. I, you if, know, if yes, that's, it, 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 weirdly enough, those are the lowest <laughs> rates. Uh, the the thing I will say, if anybody's visiting New York, and I don't know if it's still like this, but, you know, because I haven't been traveling around in the city that much recently, is if you pass those stores, trust me, it is always 70% off. It is mm-hmm. not. It is not a special sale they are having. It is not a today-only sale. You will walk by that store every day, and that today only seventy percent off sale is happening every day uh, in that store. So and do it is not cheaper. be taken in. It is cheaper. It might be. You're not getting any warranty on that shit, and you are most <laughs> definitely not going to get any returns. But if you want something cheap, they got it. Yeah. It might not come in a box, and yeah. uh, it might have some somebody else's uh, footage on that SD card. But there oh, might be some flecks of blood on there. <laughs> It's just OEM. We just we get it bulk from factory that way. Don't worry about yeah, it. That's yeah. right. You know, like when you buy a photo and somebody else's photos in the in the frame. It's just like that. They want to make sure the SD card, the camera works before they that's do right. it. Just don't run a black light over that thing. You don't want to know. <laughs> that's right. Why this footage on here has somebody uh, screaming here? Take just take my camera. Just take my camera on <laughs> it, and then it goes off. Uh, and is that is that how this is supposed to go? Yeah, that's that comes on all. Oh these no, JV. that's a movie. It's uh, it's found footage uh, <laughs> that's, horror. That's it's right. uh, it's a nice. It's a nice. You know, you can watch that on Netflix. Don't that's, worry about uh, it. That's a new. That's a preview for that Blair Witch. They uh, yeah. They, well, you they won't made believe what one. happens. <laughs> they keep making them. Ah, uh, that's not the only news. That's we're here to give you all the news. It's good to eat, and that's not the only news that's happening. Oh this no, this week. Um, I want to bring up something quickly here, just before we get into um. The, the news, big stuff. The the megatons. Uh, Brad said something before the podcast that's kind of just been rattling around in my head. Uh-oh. About, <laughs> that happens a lot, I think. About Hamster's ability to uh, not get drunk. Oh, my God. Uh, and I would like you to elaborate just a little Are bit. Are we really doing this? <laughs> I would like you to just share this, uh, this little bit of information. Oh, apparently this article posted on December 26th. I came across this during the holiday break. It's a Christmas miracle. A piece on the Atlantic entitled, You Have No Idea How Hard It Is to Get a Hamster Drunk. Uh, I, d- I did not know. Which, with a headline that made me laugh very hard. Headlines these days are almost uniformly bad and nothing but like weird idioms that are just repeated ad nauseum. So every once in a while when I see a headline like this that actually is captivating, I have to call it out and say, good work. Dude, like apparently, hamsters are fucking lushes. Why? Apparently hamsters can hold their liquor better than just about anybody else in the animal kingdom. Okay, and then I asked you what evolution what evolutionary process could possibly have led to that? And then oh, wait, you had an on. answer. Hang on, you're burying the lead here. Uh-huh. You can give them straight ethanol. <laughs> like you literally give them Everclear. They uh-huh. will just happily drink Everclear and then just go la 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 and this walk is away. A- this is like a thing if I were some kind of animator or making my weird animal farm-esque uh, uh, metaphor for everything. Now I would have hamsters running yeah, how, like a, a bootleg still how, or something. How is there not like a questionable hamster character from like 30s Warner Brothers cartoons who's yes. like a giant drunk? Well, because they didn't know. So wait, why Why did science – like what – again, what is the reason for this? I guess the evolutionary mechanism is that they hoard food for the winter in the wild and that food ferments over time. I love it. 
And if they can't eat the fermented foods, say, several months into the winter when there's nothing else to eat, they are going to die. I love in some so, kind of rapid iteration version of nature, there are just hamsters who are dying because they're too drunk over the winter. They like wake up mm-hmm. drunk over the winter and like, I should go get... I should go get some more food and just walk out and get eaten by a wolf or something. And the ones that don't get drunk sleep soundly and peacefully. But then the wolf dies also because the wolf cannot process that alcohol. And that That's thing right. is like, it's like basically like one of those uh, chocolate balls that is just full of alcohol. <laughs> the wolf, the, <laughs> the wolf, the wolf is just like, honey, what did you do? I had like four hamsters. I had like four hamsters. I found like, have you been in the hamsters again? And it's just a little bit. You know, I don't I'm gonna, have a problem. You have a problem. I'm going to go fuck up that bear. That bear. <laughs> that bear is yours. All fucking with Honey, don't. Just leave the bear. No. You say that. I'm going to go. First, I'm going to have a couple more hamsters. I'm going to go fucking <laughs> tell that bear. I'm going to light your fucking fire, bear. And then let's see what he does. Um, that's my bit on drunk hamsters. Good stuff. Thank you very much. Uh, tune in for our uh, bit on uh, New York scams and uh, drunk hamsters and wolves. That's right. <laughs> One-stop shop. <laughs> That's right. Always on and, and And resort travel and Korean chicken all here. Mm-hmm. That's right. And shoe repair. Some, you some want a key. drunk hamster? I can get you a drunk hamster. You need something notarized? I can help you. Anybody need uh, keys made? I can also do that. Uh, I, oh, I once thought about buying one of those machines that grind keys and then... Uh, I don't know why. I thought you were about to say I thought about buying one of those machines that grinds hamsters. And I was like, oh, God, this got dark. <laughs> make, a, make a key of hamster. All right. Let's get into some news, shall we? Well, Before- we're getting into some news. We're getting into the news. Yeah. So this is fun. Okay. I was kind of excited for today's podcast. A, because we have some fun games to talk about. And we'll get to those a little bit later. It's going to be uh, Nobody Saves the World, some Ollie Ollie World preview stuff. And we're going to talk a little bit more about Resident Evil Village. Before we get to that, though, we're going to lead off with the news, and it's we've all been podcasting for a long time. We've all mm-hmm. been in this industry. You guys have been in longer than I have uh, covering it, and you don't often have gigantic, uh, to, to borrow a word, megaton news that isn't primarily about the suffering of people in the industry. So... Of course, last this, handful of years, yes, for sure. So, of course, this is game news, so it'll have <laughs> some tangential. There is definitely some <laughs> suffering attached to this. Yeah, it's attached to it, but uh, really, uh, on its face, it's a business deal that is just very big in the industry. But, of course, it's the video game industry, so there is some uh, 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 on the heels of suffering going on. And if you've uh, been okay, listening to this podcast over the last several months, you probably know which company and which suffering we're talking about. I, I think I, I think that's probably broadly applicable to society at this point, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah maybe. Good point. M- maybe. Where we are at, I think human suffering underpins all daily existence at this point. So, so the big business headline here, and if you haven't yeah. heard this, hold on your butts, Microsoft... Maker of the Xbox game platform. Yes, also <laughs> Windows 2000, Microsoft Bob. That's right, best uh-huh. known for Windows 2000 and uh-huh. uh, and the Xbox and the Zune. Uh, makers of those fine products uh, are in plans, in cahoots, in negotiations, in signing at different stages of acquiring Activision. Mm-hmm. Makers of Skylanders, Candy Crush, and Guitar Hero. Mm-hmm. Well, that, let's let's wrap that up. It's Activision. It is Blizzard. It is King. 
That's right. That's right. King well, is the mobile division. <laughs> right. So uh, they are. They have announced their intent to uh, merge, to buy, to purchase. Now this is going to take a while to go through. It is a, a gigantic deal. Uh, you're talking about one uh, Jupiter-sized company and one, let's say, Neptune to other giant planet-sized company uh, trying to get together here. So I think the last estimate I saw, and at the time of this recording, uh, some of the smoke and dust has settled, but there's still some up in the air. The last I saw was like 2023 summer for maybe June? this to actually yeah. go through. So yeah, I think that's the end of Microsoft fiscal. So I think they said by the end of that fiscal year, it'll be done. Although it could be done sooner. Yeah. But still, that's like 18 months from now. That's crazy. Yeah. Like so, other th- other multi-billion dollar acquisitions that I have followed in the past only take like six months or something to close. So like this is, but also like by like so many different metrics, this is the like basically the biggest news story that I, I think has ever happened in the business of video games. It is certainly of, the biggest I can think of in my lifetime of working in games. But like one of those metrics I just read this morning is that this is the single biggest cash acquisition of a company in American history. Like, oh, it's is fucking it? Crazy. I, yes. Because I had seen it as the biggest purchase Microsoft has made. Oh, for uh, sure, oh, dude. Ever. Yeah, but like so cash, specifically cash. They're paying. They're paying cash for shares of the, of the company. And how much it's cash, Brad? It's not a stock swap or anything but it's like well this number keeps moving around it was originally reported at 68.7 billion a lot of people were rounding that up to 70 Wait, don't swallow that number As you gotta you gotta say that number 68.7 billion dollars yes the uh, next well, the, closest transaction was last week yes i know like, i love that like we just passed the previously biggest acquisition ever for a video game company which was 12 billion for zynga by take two which uh, we literally talked about last week yeah and that um, was huge. Yeah. Yes. To, to give some perspective, uh, I think we talked about some other things, but Marvel's acquisition was like four billion ish in that ballpark. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, if you go, it's it's been it's been interesting slash very depressing watching the inflation of corporate acquisitions over the last say fifteen twenty years because like what was Marvel like four billion right? I think that's what it was. Yeah. Like Lucasfilm was also four. I think Pixar was like what seven if I remember or something like that. Like, but if, you know, if you go back, like we talked about this on the Ramblecast yesterday, but like YouTube was like 1.4, 1.6 or something, which just seems positively quaint. It hasn't been that long. Right. No. And, and like it just over time, you know, it's like, oh, WhatsApp got like 19 and LinkedIn was like 26 and then all 70. Wow. Yeah. There sure is a lot of money concentrated in the hands of a very small number of corporations and shareholders i think one thing we can say definitively now is that a billion dollars is no longer cool <laughs> i mean listen, the social I, network is now outdated yeah, i don't I mean, need to be cool um you can give me a billion dollars it's fine. i mean my, microsoft to put this into some more perspective microsoft is now a more than two trillion dollar company so it's it's a hard to fathom it's, like in practical terms amount of money you know like yeah, it's it is it is both like eye-opening and also kind of sickening in equal measure to me it's now bigger than several economies across the world isn't it it's like it's like oh wow this these numbers are just spectacularly huge and also like oh wow that sucks that that's where all the money is these days so um anyway there's a lot to kind of peel away here uh one thing i'll just shout out here that i thought was interesting was it was analysts reported that uh this acquisition would increase Microsoft's video game revenue by about half. So like that's that's pretty substantial. 
Yeah. Uh, according to um, the article that was in the uh, Wall Street Journal. So that's like, that's a pretty big video game acquisition. And Microsoft has been on a tear acquiring studios and companies. It's just kind of trying to do big picture stuff here. So if you are, anybody listening to this plays video games, or, or maybe they know about the video game industry, this is ostensibly a video game podcast. Like, you got players. You got Microsoft, you got Sony, you have Nintendo. Another thing that kind of I didn't know until I was reading this story was this still doesn't put Microsoft above Sony. This, yes, this makes them the number three video game company in the world <laughs> behind, it, it, behind Tencent at number one and then Sony at number two. So yeah, like Xbox plus Activision revenue is still not quite enough to top what Sony itself has been bringing in on the and we've talked. Brand. We've talked before about how, as a whole, Microsoft as a corporation is bigger than Sony. But the oh, main like, thing like, is that Sony's massively bigger. Sony's PlayStation division is its biggest division. It is the <laughs> like it is its most successful division. Whereas Microsoft has its fingers in so many other different aspects of tech and commerce that they, you know, their gaming division can get this much bigger. But also, they are still, you know, like it, it is. It is still a fraction of what that corporation is. Yeah, so yeah, the Sony Group is the comparison we're trying to make in terms mm-hmm. of uh in terms of that. But yeah, I haven't I have not not that it's really super germane here, but I haven't followed the fortunes of Sony Corporation that much lately, but yeah, my understanding is that most of their other business units are not I think TVs say not, still I start, do well. Start to say not enormously healthy. I think they're probably okay, but like PlayStation is the thing for Sony at this point. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, definitely not the case in the past. Uh, You know, it's important to remember Microsoft's inroads into Japan have been, you know, challenging, uh, you know, to to get an install base there. Sony has a very strong foothold in a lot of Europe. uh, And I'm not really sure where like emerging, emerging, probably established markets like China are at this point in terms of console Console business is weird because like consoles did not ship or sell in China for a very long time, and I think still mm. they're still very heavily regulated. Yeah, yeah, oh. it's not it's not been a fully tapped market. Like I'm pretty sure the versions of consoles that come out in China are technologically somewhat different than the ones that come out in other countries because there are certain things that they have to pass as far as like regulations go there. And, yeah. and I'm sure some of our listeners could could fill me in better um, that live in South America, but I know there's there are all sorts of tariffs and and taxes and and consoles were just extremely expensive getting down there. But I they are say, there's still a very big gaming audience throughout South America and other continents. But like yes, there there is also a a hefty tax put on a lot of that stuff. And I want to say like Sony also had or, or PlayStation had a pretty decent established base there too. But I, I could be wrong, um, and that information could be old. Either yeah. way. Um, in terms of kind of like market share, important to remember that stuff, but in terms of software on its face, Hey, what does this mean? Well, it means that Microsoft is now bringing in house Activision's development teams and franchises and along with active blizzards, you know, properties. So Dude, I, I, I just have to like stop for a second and step back here. <laughs> just yeah. like Marvel at the absolute magnitude of this Mm-hmm. of this news as news like as maybe this is getting a little into the weeds this is maybe a little bit like you know movie writers writing movies about writing movies you know what mm-hmm. i mean but like a little bit navel gazing like being in the games press like going back like 20 years you know like for as long as we were at GameSpot and all that stuff like this story was the template for what would be like the biggest story ever right like like if you 
if we would sit around and kind of navel gaze about like, oh, what would be like the biggest news we could talk about on a podcast? Yeah. It was always console maker buys leading third party publisher. Right. Like, I feel like the big the big one was like Nintendo bought Sega. Right. Like that right. basically, you, yeah. That was or, the one you know, for a long time. Like, or, you know, like Sony bought EA, Microsoft yeah. bought Activision. You know right. what I mean? Like that was always the thing that was just like, this would never <laughs> happen. Those companies are too big. Like, yeah. This could they could they would never sell because why would they want to not sell their games on everything like this? This is impossible, you know, and like and yet here it is. It has happened and it's just wild. Well, not only has it happened, Activision was one of the bigger ones, if not the biggest, like they're, you know, in, e, especially the, post Blizzard. Absolutely. EA and uh, EA, I think, was close. Like Ubisoft is, is I think, in terms of revenue uh, further down there. But like Activision is massive. Mm-hmm. And and big and I mean, Microsoft paid above stock price for this forty five percent above. Yeah, but it's like current, current stock price, yeah. which is like massively. That's kind of the digging into the reporting that has been coming out over the last twenty four hours. Like the big question was, did this happen because of the state lawsuits and the harassment and general workplace toxicity scandals that have been going on? Seems like the answer is yes, absolutely. <laughs> like. The chain of events that's coming out is that essentially, like, Phil Spencer called up Bobby Kotick because their stock was in the toilet and they had all these problems. And, like, you know, there's all these details coming out about, like, Bobby had lost the faith of the board entirely. Like, they were not willing to back him. Yeah, do, you, do you mind running through some of that? In, uh, like, yeah. Because I, I know some of that timeline has, has started to come out, like, about last November. And, you know, when, it's also when been calls. a bit since we've really checked in on where um, this stuff was. The, the general trajectory oh. is that their stock was at a high last February of a little mm-hmm. over a hundred dollars a share, like 104 or something like that. And like, I think it, if I, I'd have to go look at a chart, but I'm pretty sure it had declined some, even before the multitude of scandals broke as Activision has like, we'll get into it, but Activision, I don't think has been in a great place just in terms of its product lineup for quite some time. Yeah. Um, but I think there was a little decline there before and then like massive just off a cliff after all the scandals started emerging. So, even though they're paying massively more than it's worth now, they are still Microsoft. That is, yeah, is, is is paying more than the stock it's worth now, which is what happens in an acquisition. They are still paying less than the stock was actually valued like this time last year. So it's definitely a very opportunistic. Like we're going to swoop in and get this. We'll give you this, most of the money you would have gotten if we had done this at the peak. Get this. Get this bargain basement deal on this <laughs> on probably the biggest third party publisher in video games. And it's incredible to say the words bargain basement for a sixty eight point seven billion dollar deal, but that is just kind of where we're at now. So, yeah. so if we, if you don't mind, um, kind of revisiting some of this timeline stuff because we we are not in this deal obviously but we have been around you know part of our experience not only in the gaming field has been around corporations and acquisitions you know these things do take time and i've seen people talking about how early was this in the works you know things like this take months if not years before they're announced but it kind of seems like maybe that's not the case here especially for the size of this thing where the announcement is coming fairly quickly after real real talks i mean i'm sure there were were like talks that happened but phil and bobby talks about hey i think one of the one of the articles i was reading said we can offer you a graceful exit yes um, uh those kind of talks which sounded like maybe kicking off around november is that is that correct i don't think they said exactly when they started talking and i mean you know like you the thing you always hear is like everybody's always talking to everybody so right. like 
even in some of the interviews and stuff that have come out, it's like, oh, yes, yes, Phil and I were talking for years and had spoken about this sort of thing before. But like, really, it's the embattled nature of the company and the resultant, you know, dip in share price that kind of forced their hand, right? Like the that's what actually made them pull the trigger because like the reporting is that different members of the Activision board were getting antsy about what was going on, that they were how to resolve it, that they didn't feel confident to try to get rid of Kodak. Even though I think they probably, if they really banded together, I'm sure they probably could have made it happen, but like they didn't want to like, they were looking for an easier solution to the problem than like trying to upend the whole table. And then here's Microsoft with $70 billion. Here's a thing that will make your shareholders happy on top of everything else. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I think, I think some of the, some of the takeaway I was getting was yes, exactly what you <clears> said. <throat> they, they kind of didn't really know what to do about the Bobby situation, but also understood he did not have the faith of not the, the fellow board members, but also the company. Like right, he, that's yeah. Yeah. We're, we're kind of glossing over what was happening on the ground. I mean, that's just what was taking place at like rich people board level. <laughs> right. I mean, but, on the ground yeah. level, like, like, Things it, were getting to a place where, like, there is a straight-up strike fund that has been right. organized by various Activision workers. There are uh, Raven Software people that are still, I think, on strike uh, because of the layoffs in the QA department there. And, you know, there's basically been a groundswell of support and 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 push toward possible unionization for a workforce in a major third-party publisher and uh, developer, which is unheard of in the United States. Has not happened at this scale or anywhere even close to the scale at this point. And if anything's going to make a board like Activision's incredibly nervous and put realize that they are not in a position to, like, weather this, it's something like that. Because that is the last thing in the world any major publisher wants from their workforce at this point. So it, it's... um, <laughs> There's an interview that, that went up with, with, with uh, Bobby Kodak, who is the, you know, CEO of Activision. Um, and it's it's like I don't know reads like a big fluff piece where Dude, he that, it's a garbage interview. I will just say that out, out <laughs> the gate here. So entirely full of shit. <laughs> to hear him tell it, you no, it is ridiculous. The the whole like, thing is a, a know, it's just, just a situation to make better Skylanders, Candy Crush, and we're finally going to make the Guitar just, Hero game Bobby always wanted. Just just completely defers on the question of whether any of the scandals had anything to do with this happening, and it was and blamed it more on like oh I think it was more Diablo Four and Overwatch Two shit uh, slipping from the yeah. schedule and what that did to the stock price. Like right, yes, yes exactly. Just there's no accountability whatsoever. Just throw it throw it at the feet of these teams that are already overworked and overburdened to the point of breaking. You know, just like say it's their fault because uh, yeah. Because like, all Bobby gives a shit about is appearances. It's kind of like one of the most interesting aspects of this to me is like really stepping back and looking at like what Microsoft is getting here and what they're going to. What they are now managing. Right. And what they're going to be tasked with mm-hmm. rejuvenating. Right. I mean, there's mm-hmm. like there's the workforce issues, which is like a separate conversation from like strategic IP management, you know, like which games to put out when and how and that sort of thing. But like, yes, obviously, they're going to have to rebuild the trust of the workforce, which. My sense is that Microsoft is a decent place to work. I mean, they, I are, mean, not, they are not without their own uh, yeah. internal allegations. Yeah, and, there was a lot of stuff about contractors being kind of worked uh, very much on, especially on the three four three side. Like, yeah. like a lot of contract labor getting burned out. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm yeah, I mean, no, no corporation is anywhere near perfect, of course, but like compared to Activision, it seems yeah, like it's probably going to be an upgrade. Um, uh, yeah, but then, but then there's also the like. I mean, there's just the matter of like, what did Activision have going on? Like, like Blizzard across the board has been kind of lost in the woods for years at this point, I think. Yeah. 
uh, like Activision proper is so far removed from that heyday of like, hmm. I mean, remember, remember when it wasn't just Call of Duty, it was like almost all of the biggest franchises in the industry were Activision. Like they yeah. had Tony Hawk, Guitar Hero, Skylanders, Call of Duty all going. Yeah. All things they the ran time. into the ground. And like we talked about this for years that as all of those pillars fell away except for Call of Duty, like they never really showed up with anything to replace them. Yeah, they, that's they, still the state that they're in now. And like, you know, all, all, all indications are that this year's Call of Duty didn't do what they would have liked. Like, obviously, Warzone is still a huge thing there. So, like, that's. But they're also running into problems with Warzone now, especially on that QA side of things. It sounds like that thing has started to get a little more unstable as they have tried to pare back on their QA labor for it. You know, they they have King, which, you know, is yeah. is a big yeah. deal. Uh, and will will continue to be a big deal, uh, and and I'm sure they want to continue to compete in that in that mobile space and in that. and Microsoft would like to compete at all in that mobile space because they just really haven't for the most part. Yeah, so look for you know your packing your your further packings with Windows 11. Windows hey, look, 11. Look, I've got my Windows Phone 7 in the drawer right here. <laughs> um, you know, I I think Blizzard is a company that I think under some really good stewardship. They have a lot of break in case of emergency stuff that they have broken. You know, they have gone back to the well on some things and it maybe hasn't panned out entirely. But I think under the right stewardship, there's a legacy there that's valuable, that that mm-hmm. has value. You know, we'll see what Overwatch 2 is. I don't I don't really know. Yeah, I mean, I don't have the greatest expectations for that. Like the 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 moment for me that Blizzard like totally like I, I fully came to terms with where Blizzard is at is when those stories came out two, three years ago about they were Essentially trying to make StarCraft Battlefield. Do you remember that? I No, I don't remember that. Yes, yeah, so that was like some, I think it's like a Jason Trier story or somebody similar of just like, hey, yeah, they worked, they prototyped for ages on trying to make like a large-scale multiplayer shooter set in the StarCraft universe. And StarCraft it didn't pan Ghost. out and they canceled it. But like, to me, that was just like, that was the idea that you go to when you've got all these properties and you're not really sure where to go with them at this point. Hmm. It's just like, hey, let's just take this IP and graft it onto other popular video game template. Well, I'll say I'll I'll say this about Phil Spencer and some of this, you know, we've talked to him in person. He seems like a a really good head on his shoulders in terms of industry, um, uh, seeing where the industry is going. And but very specifically, he seems like he understands the balance between nostalgia and new like he he seems like he understands what the people who grew up with the these games want to see and also having to meet the standards of a new audience in in a lot of ways and he I knows think, how to balance those things in a way I, where it doesn't skew too far in one direction or the other it seems like it and and yeah. again I, i'm not trying to say he he's uh you know a a wizard, you know, at, at that stuff. He just he comes across as somebody who really understands that space in a way that maybe Activision could use because Activision, Activision has a stable of legacy stuff that could be appealing to bring back in a in a modern form. Yeah, like and, they've they've got a kind of a pretty. I mean, especially from my perspective as an old person who played a lot of computer games in the '90s, like they have a pretty impressive catalog of IP. Actually, I've got a list here that I will go through. Yeah, it's but it's wild. But like the problem for me is that they married those properties to the shittiest possible business model in video games. Right. Which is right. like like if you remember I mean like 
I think Kodak bought Activision and kind of remade it, what, in the early 90s? But it wasn't until- Yeah, he fired yeah. everyone and just re- like restarted the whole thing. 91 right? for $400,000. It wasn't It wasn't until like the mid-2000s that like modern Activision really came into its own. But if you remember back when they were cranking out Guitar Heroes and Call of Duties and all that stuff, like he literally was out there saying this and also in the hiring decisions they were making that they wanted to turn video games into, into packaged goods. Like- if you remember, they were hiring people who came from industries like crackers and mm-hmm. laundry detergent. Do you remember this? I do. don't. No, I like, don't. Like, like they spoke very openly about how, the, and that's where the annualized Guitar Hero and Call of Duty model came from, was essentially an effort to sell people the same product over and over and over, just like you do with soda, soda and detergent and, and snack crackers and stuff like that. Like, that was what they were pursuing, was we just want a pipeline that will crank these games out as fast as we possibly can to infinitely increase shareholder value until the end of time. Like that was what they were trying to do. And that sucks. Yeah. And just as an addendum here, I should say that I do have a personal stake in this because I worked for a company that was directly competing with one of those products that got run into the ground by that business model. And I will just say that I have my own personal opinions about that sort of thing, but they're not but, really well, germane to what we're talking about here. For people who don't know, you're talking about harmonics. Yeah, and, I worked at harmonics for, yeah, for a couple and, of years. And, and rock and, band versus guitar hero. And that, that arms race, you know, is something that I was entrenched in for a little bit there. And, you know, there were some definite opinions about Bobby Kotick and how they were going about selling Guitar Hero and mm-hmm. what they had kind of kind of were doing to the video game marketplace in general. Yep, uh, I believe I, it. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here and come back with some more. Uh, I want to hear more about what they're getting in your list of uh, Activision properties. Before we go, though, I do want to uh, mention, we kind of mentioned uh, a lot about Bobby here, and uh, this kind of just jumped out at me that um, I, th- I thought he had a much higher stake in the company. It turns out he has about 0.5% of Activision. But if you look at 0.5 mm-hmm. of a, a, an an astronomical number, like uh, uh, upwards of seventy billion, possibly. Um, you're talking maybe about four hundred million at that at that deal price. So, oh, we're cashing you out, Bobby. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Bobby, and, and I guess we should also <laughs> say there has been a lot of because uh, I kind of want to leave some of the Bobby stuff behind, but at, at this side of the break, um, there's a talk about is he staying is he going it seems like the rumors are that he is going to come through on the with the deal and then leave after the deal probably get his big his payout and then and then walk everything you read officially says bobby's thumbs up and he's good to go for this this working at microsoft and going to be there to help the team but i my gut also says probably believe the rumor mill on this one, and Microsoft wants him out of the picture as soon as they can. All I'll say as an addendum to that is uh, this all does certainly put an interesting spin on that comment from Phil Spencer last week where he was talking about how it's not really his job to shame another company for their various uh, you know, transgressions, shall we say. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> as soon as that deal closes, it'll be entirely his job mm-hmm. <laughs> to right. deal with that problem. Not mm-hmm. only his job, but his his mandate to have to uh, say that stuff. So, yeah. Fuck. We got more to say here, though. We'll be, right. we'll be back yeah. in a minute. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back with some more Activision and some of their properties to talk about when we come back. Stick around. This week's show is brought to you by Rocket Money. Brad Shoemaker, Alex Navarro. I bet you guys have subscriptions. 
I had a lot of subscriptions. I had too many subscriptions, and at a certain point, I had to drill down. I had to, I had to focus. I had to make sure that I did not have so many subscriptions anymore. You had to take time out of your day. My busy schedule. Your time, which is worth more than anything to find those subscriptions and cancel. Brad Shoemaker, do you live a subscription lifestyle? I am just a walking monthly bill at this point. <laughs> it's the world we live in. If you need help, boy, guys, I got some uh, I got some news for you. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. It says here that most people think they're spending $80 on their subscriptions, but in reality, the number is closer to 200 My God. What are we even doing? With Rocket Money, you can easily cancel the ones you don't want with just the press of a button. Rocket Money also lets you monitor all your expenses in one place, recommends custom budgets based on your past spending, and they'll even send you notifications when you've reached your spending limits. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. That's rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. Rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. Thanks, Rocket Money. All right, we are back. Let's talk a little bit about... um kind of the, the video games here the, the landscape of this stuff brad you said you had a, a list of some properties yeah before i get into this uh, the thing i was going to follow up on from before is when i was talking about activision's shitty old super corporate approach to annualized packaged yeah. goods in video game form like looking at what microsoft is now and what the xbox business is now and where it's going puts what they're going to do with these properties in such a different light mm. because like Increasingly, the Xbox division is like similar to the original content arm of Netflix, right? Like that's increasingly what Microsoft is doing in the video game space is just ginning up more content for Game Pass. Like it's right. not, it's not selling these as $60 product. I mean, I'm sure they will continue to <laughs> let you pay $60 per game for quite some time. If, if please 70, 70, excuse we're me, up to 70 now. To. Have they made that transition? I think it, it's been know. on a per publisher basis. I don't know if Microsoft has actually been charging yeah, seventy actually, for their first party stuff. I would have to I would have to double check that. But anyway, the point is, yeah. like you know, they've got all these properties, and they can turn these properties toward the the purpose of filling out the Game Pass slate, right? Mm -hmm. Rather mm -hmm. than having to make each one of these properties a billion dollar proposition every year, right? These can take the form of all kinds of large and small, you know jewels in game pass crown i guess because bejewels they, they now own so many damn uh ip at this point well probably what are some I'll, of the greatest hits of that all right i'm just gonna read this list that the yeah. games chronicle put together they did they did the important work of just listing out all the properties that microsoft is getting here such as blur okay caesar call of duty and candy crush of course crash bandicoot Crash Bandicoot is now a Microsoft property. Finally. Diablo, DJ Hero, Empire Earth, Gabriel Knight. Uh-huh. Geometry Wars, which, like, that was the only material I came up it's with yesterday. It's coming home, lads. <laughs> that, was the, that was the only material I came up with yesterday when this news came out. I was like, oh, it's kind of a lot to pay to bring Geometry Wars back in-house, but sure. Nice, <laughs> nice. Uh, Guitar Hero, Gun. 
Hearthstone, Heroes of the Storm, Hexen, Interstate 76, King's Quests, mm. Laura Bow Mysteries, like I said, a bunch of like PC classics in here. Lost Vikings, Overwatch, Phantasmagoria, Pitfall, Police Quest, Prototype, remember that? Mm-hmm. Uh, Quest for Glory, Singularity, Skylanders, A Soldier of Fortune, Space Quests, Spyro the Dragon, Starcraft. Um, this says the Legacy Tenshu games. I guess that means like they own the rights to specific Tenshu games, but not the overall franchise. Time Shift. <laughs> Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Okay, I heard of it. True Crime. World of Warcraft. Interesting that they didn't just put Warcraft on this list. Uh, And Zork. 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 The whole thing. We were playing a Zork game not not a week ago. On a stream. Did you? I'm sorry. Did you say Pitfall? Was that on the list? Yes, yes. Okay. Pitfall. Pitfall Um, Pitfall Harry is now part of the Microsoft family. Like that's that's a bunch of classic properties, and like if who knows like what Microsoft in their weird new incarnation of just needing to come up with a bunch of weird, interesting shit might throw like small and medium sized budgets at right. Like, and what studios they might throw it at? I mean, that's some stuff that I could see them throwing at like a Double Fine or a Ninja Theory, right? You know, like to work on the side with their other big properties. Totally. Like, imagine if Double well, double, I would start to say, imagine if Double Fine made a new point and click adventure game. That's probably not going to happen anytime. Oh soon, my gosh, like. Could you, you kind of, okay, you kind of now have Sierra and LucasArts in the same building. That's like super weird that here is Tim Schafer, like the storied (laughs) creator of LucasArts adventure games with access to all of LucasArts biggest competitors properties. That is really weird. Like, could you, could you have them meet? Could you have, oh my gosh, wait, you could totally have, uh, I don't know, name a King's Quest character because I don't know any. The, or space, the, like, well, like, like, space, like, what if Tim Schafer made a Space Quest game? But what if you, what if you have Monkey Island meets King's Quest in some weird, like, crossover event sure. where that, where that uh, weird drugged up owl is there uh, and, you know, the drugged up owl wants you, you, you to play Cedric that way. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Cedric, Cedric has a problem, okay? Very clearly. Can't hold his liquor. Um, that is super weird. It's I, very weird. I, uh, I don't know if that will happen, but it should. Well, here's the thing. We don't know what's going to happen at all because there are still a lot of hoops. This deal has to go through to even a lot get of approved. hoops. Yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> we kind of alluded to this, but like, so you've probably seen a lot of talk around what this would mean in an antitrust situation, what the FTC would say to a deal like this. The the key thing to understand here is that the current incarnation of the FTC, while somewhat different from the one that existed during the Trump years, is not one that has been empowered to go after major companies like this uh, to, you know, to, to file antitrust suits for these kinds of mergers uh, in a very long time, like even since like the Obama years. Yeah, like, I mean, yes, the Obama administration famously declined to pursue antitrust action that was recommended by its own FTC. So, like, I guess the if, if you're asking yourself, do we live in an oligarchy? Yes, <laughs> we do. Is, the answer is increasingly yes. There was I that would, there was that recent story that the FTC said they're going to they're going to perk up a little bit like literally uh, yesterday like yeah. literally the same day this news came out there was also that story that yes they are they're kind of redefining some of the terms <laughs> but what that means in the context of this we have no idea I'm I, sure, I, yeah. I would, like I, would, is, I I think that if anything even if they are going to perk up their ears a little bit and give this a little bit more scrutiny 
the sheer amount of lobbying power that a company like Microsoft has at this point, they can find their way through it. I, I would I would bet money there will be zero significant regulatory action around this. I mean, at all. Microsoft is one of the few companies I could think of that actually had their uh, wrist slapped for for this stuff with Internet Explorer and what was it Windows Seven? And look look how chastened they were after that. Yeah, right. So like, I bet they know how to navigate this and would not enter into something like this lightly without knowing that path is clear in front of them. Yeah, yeah, uh, but you know, it's also it's a very different government now than it was then. Sadly. Sure, but um, is it a different Microsoft? Like you think they're like in some oh, yeah. ways, I mean, yes. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was, yeah. I mean, I would say the the Satya and Adela years have been a kinder, a kinder, gentler Microsoft to some degree. I but mean, they Microsoft, are still Microsoft at their core. I think uh, Microsoft is the richest it's ever been. Like they're they're oh for sure, the, yeah, the absolutely. Uh, but I mean, you know, it's like you were saying earlier. It's like even even after this deal, they are still only the number three video game company behind their biggest competitor. Like, I think it's probably hard for the government to argue that this constitutes any kind of monopoly or monopolistic situation, you know, when their chief competitor is still bigger than them after this. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's a massive consolidation that I think makes it hard to compete in that marketplace. Yeah. I I think like the the reasonable position here is that it's absolutely right to be skittish about consolidation going on in the games industry in this specific case though. I think probably well i mean almost certainly the workforce of activision is better off under microsoft than they were under activision because it would be hard to be worse off yeah and and like i said i think a lot of these properties might get a new lease on life because of microsoft's different priorities and business model than than what they used to be you know like some of these could come back in some smaller form that never would have happened under an activision i I, I agree with you on the second part for sure. I'm not so sure about the first part. I, I agree with you that, yes, it would be hard to be much worse than the position the workforce at Activision was in uh, compared to other, just about anywhere else in the video game industry. But I do wonder how much of this is also geared toward making sure that this workforce does not unionize, that this oh, workforce yeah, yeah, I think, is, I think- is, is, is essentially prevented from getting themselves into a position where they are able to self-actualize that. Yeah, I, I would not be surprised if that is kind of the prevailing attitude there, right? Is like, hey, we're way better than they were. Why do you still need to organize? Because we haven't really heard a Phil Spencer much on the record about unionization, about like, you know, what it would mean if like, say, Microsoft's Xbox division, like its various development arms were to work on toward unionizing like what would that look like how would you respond mm. to that what would you do it might be out there i, I don't i don't have it i don't i don't know of it um, yeah i i don't i can't I just i'm saying i can't think yeah. of a quote where he has been on record about that stuff and i feel like that is the question you should start asking him if you have him in front of you because if you are it with activision's workforce being where it's been at right. and them doing things like organizing strike funds talking about you know like collective action that is a thing that you are going to have to reckon with in addition to all the other stuff that comes along with Activision. You can't just say like, well, you work here now, so obviously right. that's not going to happen. Well, we've got safeguards in place to make sure that won't happen here. Yeah, like that's it, you're asking for an awful lot of trust that I don't think any company in this industry has earned, let alone one as big and as you know monolithic as Microsoft. I, I think another part, just while we're on the what does this mean for the consolidation in the industry, sometimes this stuff has a way of working out where you now have so many de- people dependent on the fortunes of one company that that company, I hate to steal the, the phrase or borrow it um, 
too big to fail. But if Microsoft gets in trouble, you can't just a lot of the government might have a hard time letting Microsoft just fucking eat it. So they become I almost no. I don't know what trouble for a company like Microsoft would actually look like. I mean, we've we've yeah, it's becoming harder and harder to recognize, but we're all old enough to see fortunes come and go from like Yahoo to companies that were very big and to, to companies that weren't. I mean, they are stuff like that is getting shored up in ways that are no longer there's just consolidation now something like mm-hmm. you know they, they would just get swallowed up by something else right and just become a mega company but how do you compete against something that if it were to fail people with so many people would be put out of work that they would get bailed out you know like the you 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 can't right like you would like oh if microsoft if a scandal happened at the top of microsoft say something happened with windows where it was just like shit it's just deleting all my shit or something weird hard to imagine with the scale of it so maybe this isn't the best example but you don't want all your eggs in one basket and all you know a huge percent you want to be able to suffer a defeat and that's why i believe back when antitrust was more effective you break these things up into smaller companies that kind of live and die on their own uh, uh bottom line there yeah I, I mean you know i think in in some hypothetical scenario where microsoft is in rapid decline like there are off ramps for the parts of the company that are still succeeding and valuable you know mm-hmm. like they'd spin business units off as their own company sell Could them be, off, like gaming division sell sell divisions off piecemeal to other companies like if if let's say microsoft's entire enterprise business went up in smoke like Xbox would probably end up somewhere else or God, they're so sp- massive spun off as its own thing. Right. I mean, realistically, Microsoft is extremely well positioned for the future. Yes. Uh, the, oh, the they can weather a lot. At this yeah. Point. I mean, that's, that's why Nadella is in charge of that company in the first place, because he was the guy who really brought, I, I think he was in the office division. Like he, he was an early champion of like cloud services and cloud compute and like the cloud. Yeah. Like he kind of saw where things were going in a way that let's say their previous leadership did not. So um, wild. It's so like, it's, you know, they're, they're very big with it as you're, you know, and their and reach they, is they, so wild. Right. Like they, they, they are, they, they are in bedrock services that are not going anywhere that are just going to be more and more crucial. So they are, they are fine. It, it's got like this, this has got this like tinge of, you know, Microsoft walking into a court hearing on antitrust and standing up and doing like a, you think that's air you're breathing? <laughs> like mm-hmm. moment of like you're in my world and like just computers shutting off and you know blinking it just the the reach is, is really wild and i think the also the key difference there is that microsoft has been around long enough and is seasoned enough to weather i think even the most scrutiny that our government is capable of providing compared to something like a facebook where mark zuckerberg literally doesn't understand how people work <laughs> or how to interact with them so he just turned he just clams up and freezes up the second he has asked an even slightly pointed question like yeah. microsoft has the people and has the knowledge and has the the experience to work their way through this stuff. Newer tech companies and newer tech billionaires, I think, are are having a harder time, but they're also not getting that much of a hard time from the government. They're getting some scoldings, mm-hmm. and that's about it. And if that's all they're going to throw at Microsoft, then they're going to there's going to be no static in getting this deal through. What? I, 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 I do wonder, not to, we don't need to belabor this too much because nobody mm-hmm. has a crystal ball here, but I do wonder if... You know, the video game conversation traditionally has been focused on Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo for a long time. Mm-hmm. Like, I wonder if that conversation starts shifting more and more to Microsoft, Netflix, Facebook, 
and Tencent. Like, sure, yeah. But, you know, like the massive tech conglomerates, basically, yes. that have their hands in everything now, right? Like, it's I, do, I do wonder if some of the consolidation is going to start funneling in that direction, right? Of, like, imagine if a Facebook bought somebody the size of an Activision because they wanted in, and in, well, you know, like Facebook buys EA or something like that, you know? Like, they're both Please, right there in the meta. South Bay. <laughs> you know, they're both right there in the South Bay. Like, that, yeah. that, that deal could happen very easily. Something like that, you know? Like, like. I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that some of the big players in the traditional game space are going, are not going to end up at, you know, the fangs of the world. My, uh, so. I was, I was talking to my brother yesterday and he said, um, he said he was just looking at his Netflix bill and noticed that it had gone up and not just because of their Netflix kind of raising their prices every year, but like, I guess New York taxes Netflix now because Netflix offers games and in a way that the New York state now has to tax the subscription cost of it. But wait, do uh, they actually yet? I think they do. Uh, he said his bill went up by like a dollar something because of a tax for a gaming ta- for, for, because they're not just doing movies, they're doing games as well. And he was super pissed. He's like, I don't do any games on Netflix. I just want to watch my Netflix, uh, which is kind of a side story just in the vein mm-hmm. of everybody getting into gaming. Uh, so if you're in New York, I don't know, check your Everyone Netflix, wants though. their cut. I mean, that's, that's kind of what I was getting at, you know, it was like Netflix has been visibly sort of like dipping a toe into video games for a while. You know, they've said they're going to add games to their service. They bought Night School, the Oxenfree developer, mm-hmm. which granted, mm-hmm. like that's one small indie studio. That's not like some massive strategic shift or something, but like who knows what their future plans are for acquisitions, for example, or Apple's or Google's or Facebook's or anybody's. Like who knows where all this stuff's actually going to go? Not I. I do not. Um, okay. Let's pull back out a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I've got a lot. I've got family that plays games. Is this a thing where you, you, everybody knows call of duty. It's a pretty recognizable one. People know whether you the, want to or not. Yes. Right. People know the blizzard kind of catalog pretty well. People kind of understand what Game Pass is now and what that is. And I've had conversations now with my brothers being like, I I don't know. It just seems like we should maybe switch to uh, an Xbox um, from from PlayStation. From the PlayStation ecosystem. A PlayStation family. A PlayStation family to an Xbox one. I mean, I think that conversation becomes a little less controversial is yeah, maybe I not mean, the like, right word. Honestly, like what you were describing is Sony's worst nightmare, right? Right. Like, that's what I'm saying. Thing. I'm trying to put a, a that's the thing they're still trying to play to catch up on. So like, you, you like, have Sony first party stuff, which is still great. I still love Sony's first yeah. party games. Like, um, I like a big triple a narrative game. I like God of war. I like, um, the last of us. I like that Spider-Man game. Like I love Sony's lineup. So I'm not, but Xbox ecosystem plus game pass was already very solid. This, if these things wind up coming into game pass in the same manner that the rest of Microsoft first party stuff has come into game pass day and date game pass launch on PC and Xbox, even if it's just on a per platform thing, that's pretty wild, man. they, They almost certainly will. Like I would be shocked if that didn't happen. Right. And well, they, Phil Spencer, even, he did say like, you know, he said the same thing he said when he like, got Bethesda. We're not looking to disenfranchise, you know, PlayStation people. And then 
they honored their agreements, and I think they have said Starfield is going to be an Xbox exclusive, yes. right? Yes. yes. So, That's correct. So he said the same thing about this stuff. We're not yeah, here to disenfranchise. Yeah, he, there's some similar, slightly vague language about, like, we're not looking to separate any players from Sony's platform or something along those lines. Right. So, uh, but, but yeah, that very easily can be read as, like, if the games they're playing right now, we're not taking them away from them. But let's say the first Call of Duty that ships after this deal is closed right. might not be on a PlayStation anymore. Like, that's, it, that's the big it'll question. It'll still be right? on a PC. Like... We've kind of, we've seen this go both ways, right? Like Microsoft has done it both ways with Minecraft and then with Bethesda, right? Like Minecraft, they bought Minecraft. Minecraft is too fucking big to not put out on everything forever. Right. So they've continued doing that. Like the Microsoft product Minecraft is available on the PlayStation and the Nintendo Switch. But then on the flip side of that, Bethesda apparently does not meet that bar because the next Bethesda Game Studios game, Starfield, is not going to be on a PlayStation. So like... That's the real question here. Is Call of Duty a Minecraft or a or a Starfield? Like I think right. where does that or, fall? Or and I think you can kind of but I feel like you can kind of boil that down to who is making the consumer decision in that situation. Like people want to be able to get Minecraft for their kids wherever they can. You know, that is a situation where the kid doesn't really have any buying power in that. They are kind of reliant on their parents. And so it really just kind of boils down to is availability the most important thing there and i think it is when you get to stuff like call of duty and you get to these like you know the 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 bethesda franchises and stuff a lot of that buying power is in the individual it is not like for someone else it's for themselves and people are making a decision about which ecosystem they are going to buy into and i think there is a factor there where it's like (laughs) basically if we're giving people a proposition of hey which console platform do you want to buy into is it the one that has call of duty is it the one that has starfield is the one that has all this stuff that is the attraction there. I think that is the thing you have to focus on because, again, a Minecraft is a thing that needs to kind of be ubiquitous just based on, you know, the way that people approach it. If I know kids, it just needs to be on iPad. It just needs to be I, on something. I, I think my my uninformed basement analysis is this extremely strengthens Microsoft hand, Microsoft's hand to getting its services onto a PlayStation. Sure. Yeah. Like, that's, oh, oh, yeah, absolutely. For like, sure. Will we see Game Pass or some form of it? Will you be logging into some Microsoft service from your PlayStation? I mean, that, yeah, that's that's been Phil Spencer's ultimate dream yeah. for as long as they've been doing this, right? Is to get Game Pass onto the Switch and the PlayStation, and that's it. That's literally so, so kind of game over for, for that's all they want. Well, well, I, I don't, so it, it kind of goes into the kind of epic Apple store stuff too, right? Like I assume they want that on there so that when you buy something in Call of Duty, Microsoft makes the majority of that money, if not all of it, uh, even though it's bought on a PlayStation, right? They want a tunnel into their backend services for any DLC or anything you buy on a PlayStation. And I wonder if that's going to come up again as... Um, who controls the marketplace on a platform and, right. and you know, yeah. who, what, what happens there? Yeah. I mean, those are definitely the variables in that equation. Should it ever come to pass? And like, that's the stuff that business people and lawyers would have to hash out. But like yeah. you know, the, the broad question is, does Sony feel enough pressure from assuming they lose these IP? Do they feel enough pressure to actually maybe allow something like that to happen? Which, Okay, well, this is a megaton announcement from 20 years ago, right? This is mm-hmm. the thing that blows your mind 20 years ago. Would it blow your mind today? If we start talking about this today, if there is an icon on your PlayStation dashboard that says Xbox Game Pass on your PlayStation dashboard that lets you play, stream your Xbox games 
to your PlayStation, is that out? Is that in the Microsoft buys Activision realm from 20, 2000? Or is that like, I could see it. I could absolutely see it. At this point, absolutely see it. In, in a world where in a world where Sonic the Hedgehog games have appeared on <laughs> Nintendo platforms for years now, like I can okay. see anything, frankly. Like okay. that was that was the actual <laughs> one to me. Sure. Was as soon as Sega started shipping their marquee games on Nintendo. Mario and, and Sonic and at the Olympics. It just right. broke it. Like that was that was the moment for me that I realized <laughs> business. Nothing is, nothing is sacred in business, basically, yeah. is is what uh, that made clear. Yeah, I could, I could see, I could see you with, if they, with the streaming tech, I don't know. It's, I'm not saying it, 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 it this is all happening next month or this rattles everything, but I, I do believe there's strengthening of hands in a way. Activision is big enough. Those properties are big enough to probably have platform holders rethinking their relationship with Microsoft in terms of how we, how they want to go about this. Um, these games i mean yeah it's it's a i mean starfield was a thing that i was curious to see how that plays out and now with activision in the mix i'm not a big call of duty fan but i think call of duty still has a lot of really big vocal support it's still huge apparently like i it's kind of easy for us to look at like oh vanguard was down 30 percent over the last one and stuff like that and say like oh there goes call of duty like its fortunes are in decline but apparently (laughs) it's like i think if I if I read correctly, I wish I had this list in front of me. I think like the two the highest grossing two highest grossing games last year were both Call of Duty. Sure, and Warzone yeah, probably still mints. So like it's yeah. still huge. Like it's maybe not as a bad year for Call of Duty is still a better year than most video games get. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, that's where I would I would place my bet that that all of this stuff is going to be exclusive to xbox platforms going forward until until such business circumstances arise that it makes sense for them to let sony have them again i bet something like warzone could very easily continue to appear on other platforms that that one you're probably right i think that's probably because it's free to play i could see that one maybe but anything else anything that is like specific branded new big product yeah i think that's that's coming solely in-house like 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 the annual call of duty release i could absolutely see being an xbox exclusive like diablo 4 i could see unless unless there's like some weird you know, like, oh, they already started taking pre-orders on PlayStation for Diablo 4 and they don't want to make people angry, so they let those go and they just, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if that one was in a situation where it's like, okay, we'll let them have that one. I think whenever those numbers but, get crunched, they will make a decision based on, like, how how much uproar would there actually be if we pulled this in? Like, But, you know, let's say, like, in a world where a Diablo 5 and an Overwatch 3 were imminent right after these next ones, like, mm. those would absolutely be Xbox exclusive. Totally. Like, I would, I would expect all of this stuff to go behind the go behind the green curtain and yeah nice behind the green curtain do you and do you think they would be timed exclusive or do you think they would just be permanent no permanent well i mean again whenever we talk about xbox here we are talking about pc also which is you know at this point microsoft has wholly embraced this notion of everything we do comes out uh, for windows and it comes out uh, on the xbox it is wherever we have a fingerprint for the microsoft xbox platform Right, like they want to get their storefront and or streaming technology onto every platform they possibly can. Right, and, and at some point, if it becomes a, a you know a, like you like we were sort of bandying before, if it becomes sensible for a company like Sony to allow the the Xbox platform to exist somewhere in their ecosystem, then I you know Microsoft would certainly do it. It's really just up to like what is PlayStation's pride at this point? What are they willing to put up with? Because they've always been the ones that are most steadfast about. They were the ones that were the biggest assholes about crossplay for so long. 
it's and, and it is important to remember, and it was important for me to remember this and going over this morning's news. Sony still, you know, if you run the numbers ahead of Microsoft in terms yeah, of right, uh, right, they're not so there like, yet. I, granted, granted, like that's based on current revenue, which right. includes things like Call of Duty exclusivity, right? Like mm-hmm. the, once once Microsoft starts plucking those things away from them, that has some effect on their revenue. Maybe not a huge amount, but you know, it's like all- Sony. Sony and Nintendo are still market leaders. Like they, yeah, they're in a position of power. And they, leverage. they don't have. They still don't have to submit to, to the, the Game Pass creep. Just it's yet. also impossible to judge this stuff based on hardware sales than the way we normally would, because both those consoles continue to sell out in about seven seconds whenever they show up anywhere. So it's hard to know what those numbers actually are at this point. Yeah, and I then, mean, I think looking at the previous generation, like the. Microsoft stopped reporting reporting hardware sales numbers mm-hmm. years ago, which in itself is telling. But like the the estimates out there for PS4 installed days versus Xbox One are like massive, massive disparity. Yeah, for 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 PS4 in PS4's yes, favor, like, like, yeah. like tens of millions yeah. of more PS4s yeah. out so, there. Sony is not in a weak position, so like right. I think it's just important to remember that as we go through what's Sony's response to this and right. their pride and like, their their you know. I don't I don't I don't think this necessarily like pushes them. Well, they're not back into a corner necessarily by this, but it does start tightening the screws. But, you know, it's, it's a, a thing they will have to address no matter what. Right? It is, and, you know, it those is rumors a power of, play by Microsoft. Right. Yes, absolutely. That is very much like, hey, we are one of the biggest companies on the planet. We have yeah. our, our leadership has empowered us to use a lot of this money we have sitting around to buy things that are simply out of your reach. And it's tempting to say that, like, this is Microsoft's not fucking around moment. But to be honest, the Bethesda deal was their not fucking around moment. Right, like, like, I understand the that... market share is much smaller there, <laughs> but that was still a huge, like, crazy thing when it happened. Dude, yeah, like that. I can't believe that was only 18 months ago and that was a deal a tenth the size of this. And even that felt like, yeah, wow, they really have taken the gloves off. They are not messing around. And now yeah. this. Microsoft think, now has Call of Duty, Doom, and Halo uh, right. uh, in, in, as first-party games. I think I, uh, I think this is the last one of these they get. I think I think <laughs> if they go and buy up anybody else significant after this, like public sentiment is probably going to start turning harder than it already has. I think like, at this point, if you're gonna do it, you have to focus on individual studios, right. people that make specific games right. that, that you want to I, bolster your thing. You can't do another publisher that's, deal. That, like that's this. what I mean about if they were to then go buy, I don't know, Capcom or Sega or Oh, that's even bigger than I was thinking. I was thinking like bring in like a super giant size or like Oh no, no, no. I mean that's, that's the kind single. of thing a deal I think they could Yeah, that's they what I was thinking, to. right? Yeah. Sony does that all day long. Like in indie size single studio acquisitions are fine. I'm talking okay. like like if they felt like they needed Sega. a Japanese publisher of of note in their portfolio and they went and got a Capcom or something like I don't think they can do anything like this again anytime soon without you know I, Plenty of people are uncomfortable enough with this as it is. Like, it's, I don't think it's going to go their way. This one is really testing the goodwill, I feel like, of like what people feel toward Microsoft. Not because, you know, people loved Activision so much <laughs> and how dare they, but more like, when does this end? Right. What, yes, is, like, what is the limit here? Like, this is an increasing number of important properties to put in the hands of one corporation. Yeah, you don't want to Google video game and just have Microsoft show up because that's, you know, the giant... Yeah, here's Phil Spencer in a Voodoo Vince shirt being like, I have all the video games. Right, uh, right. What is, like, hey, guess what? Activision's back at E3. Well, Mm -hmm. how did that happen? Well, because we own them all. We own E3 also. (laughs) Right, that's right. Um, There's one one thing I wanted to mention I don't feel like is getting a ton of play here, which is that all these Blizzard games are very likely going to end up on Steam now. (laughs) 
which seems wild to me to think oh, about. Yeah, I forgot oh, all man. about Blizz- Microsoft. Microsoft yeah. puts all of its all of its PC stuff on Steam these days. So, like, are they gonna are they gonna put World of Warcraft on Steam? Probably. Wait, wait so That'd they so- they that all still uses that authenticator the the uh, battle net right? what they turned what they turned yeah. battle net into yes for now for now yeah all, all the all of activision's pc stuff is on battle net yes um huh i forgot about on steam that. you know microsoft games on steam you log into an xbox account within the game to get the safe syncing and achievements and stuff like that so like like diablo 4 could very well launch on steam all right here's which a, is just insane to think about uh caravella prediction mm-hmm. for what are we in 2022 right now? 10 years from now. No, eight years from now, seven years from now, we get an announcement. They're rebooting world of Warcraft, uh, and it will be available within the decade. So I think we get the announcement within six or seven years. I keep walking it back. And then it's it's got some new hook. It's on their Azure. It's on. It's in the cloud. It's yeah, in, I was going to ask, what do you mean by reboot in this context? So it's, so they're they're bringing it back, but it's got it's because by that point, will somebody will have branded metaverse in a way that they're going to use that to say wow in the metaverse, and they're going to bring that back uh, as a because I, I think wow is probably going to have to be plateau, like you know, basically end of life right like wow well, yeah I don't, I don't think wow has been in a good spot for a yeah. while so i think they're gonna probably be like hey you know within the next two years they're probably gonna do something with wow where they're like we're we're not really doing any more content we're rethinking what the future of world of warcraft is and then they're gonna within the next six or seven years they're gonna have like a, a brand new meta world of warcraft uh in which it's vr something hollow it's some hook on it and we're back so I think I think I think they would have to do a lot of they would have to lay a lot of groundwork to rejuvenate the Warcraft brand in general before they could get away with something like that because like I don't even know what Warcraft is at this point you know it's like it's a dying MMO or it's an <laughs> MMO that has best days are long behind it and beyond that like I don't know what else there is there still you know? beloved like, it's it was still the entry point is, for a lot of people it, in MMOs it is like okay just get Warcraft Adventures out of storage and polish it up and ship it finally <laughs> the time and I has know. Come. I know like, this is they, not. Sorry, go ahead, Brad. They, they they need to they need to like create more warm feelings around Warcraft and Starcraft for that matter too in general before they can like do anything new with those franchises. I think Absence they need to do makes that. Grow fonder. I, I agree with everything you said, Brad. I think the other side of that is that uh, the idea of introducing a, a, a even if they have some new hook for it, the idea of introducing a new MMO at this stage of video games that feels like the biggest fool's errand I could imagine because not, and this is not specifically endemic to the genre, but I mean, we saw what happened with the new world and Amazon. Like obviously that game was not great out of the gate, but like that was the first real attempt I can think of in recent memory of someone trying to put out just a fucking MMO ass MMO. And that thing did not carry. It did not carry anywhere. And while wow, obviously has a much bigger brand thing attached to it that they could do. I don't think there is an appetite for that style of game, even in a new context. And as much as you might want to wrap up like all this metaverse bullshit <laughs> that people keep talking, and I will say that metaverse stuff did get wrapped up in this of because people did. involved in the deal giving quotes were talking about how this is going to be big for the metaverse. <laughs> no one knows what the fuck that means. I mean, it's World of Warcraft. That's no literally one does. just like 
that's literally just like sprinkling catnip on investors' faces. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's all, like all it is is you have to say the word metaverse. So and NFTs. It is a yes. proof of life statement like to let just, your investors know that you are thinking about this money they want you to make. Right. Like people, I mean, yes, people in the investment world think you're negligent if you don't say that word yeah. at this point, which is stupid, but like they're just playing the game. But it is complete empty horseshit at this stage of the game. And so... What that would mean for something like, like, would they try and turn World of Warcraft into their first big foray into what a metaverse might look like? I have no idea, but I also know that, like, that is going to be a tough road to hoe because at this point, no one knows what that shit means and no one knows if they're even supposed to want it. I I agree with that. I, I still think they're going to do it. And I think also everything is already an MMO because everything is online Is everything all the a metaverse time. then? Is metaverse mean like VR? Because I read a thing. I read one thing that said metaverse is a mix of like a confluence of like VR and it you know really depends on who you ask. Second yeah, life, it does, and and you know like oh, it's like your avatar style, uh, like basically uh, Ready Player One. I think is what people want the metaverse to be in the things I have read. And what they're it, actually going to get is PlayStation Home. <laughs> <laughs> if they're lucky um yeah or or a second life uh style thing so no you know what I, second life is probably going to be light years ahead of whatever <laughs> actual offering comes out just to, to kick this horse shit off well i bought an nft of the metaverse version of the sale cool so. i'm gonna jump out this window <laughs> so i hope hopefully uh hopefully that gets um hopefully that cashes in for old caravella and uh, i'm cashing you out vin th- th- thumbs up on this one this um i d- what a thing man it's it's can't be understated at least for us having been around this stuff for a long time just a huge announcement and a kind of shift of the players on the board uh in this space tbd for a lot of this stuff i guess yeah uh, yeah uh, and TBD like, for a while right it's like this thing doesn't even close for a year plus and then they have to like you know integrate a giant corporation into another giant corporation they have to like start laying strategic plans they then have to make video games based on those plans like yeah it's probably god it's probably four or five years from now before the dust truly settles on this and we actually really get a sense of where it was going to end up right i mean some of the bethesda stuff was felt pretty quickly. You know? Well, what I mean is like products that are already in motion will yeah. come out sooner, but like that is, you know, those bear the legacy of, you know, where they began. Yeah. Reshuffling like, of studios. And, that's that's and, what I'm saying yeah. is like putting say internal Microsoft or even external studios on old Activision properties that have just been sitting there for a while. Like that won't even happen for a year or something. You know, you know what I mean? Like it's going to be yes. years before new games that only came about because of this deal start releasing. So let's, let's, you know, we'll, we'll keep obviously listening to this one. There's a lot of other stuff we, we kind of mentioned before lawsuits that are, you know, it doesn't mean all that stuff goes away. There are people who are hurt by this stuff. There are people who, who deserve to be heard from those days and, and, and have, um, you know, uh, you know, their day in court and, and kind of process all that stuff out too, that it shouldn't be overshadowed by this whole thing. And I hope Microsoft respects that and, and kind of, uh, tries to right a lot of the wrongs that were there. So they we got a lot the, of work ahead of them. My, tons my, of work. My general sense is that they will, they, I mean, they're at least, a, Microsoft is at least aware of that. If not, if not because it's the right thing to do, then at least because they know how bad it would look if they weren't. Yeah. So I, we, we touched on a lot of those things. There's a lot of game stuff that is going to happen here. And I think, you know, as we 
again, have been around this and I hope you're listening too. respect also a lot of the people that are a lot of people that are affected by this because it's massive amount of employees. So, uh, you know, hopefully they're all taken care of in this transition as well in the right kinds of ways. Um, we have only been part of much smaller movements and even that stuff can be rocky and tricky and, you know, even down to like, what healthcare plan do you get now? So as all of this happens in a massive world realigning way, hopefully that um, is done well. And efficiently, I, gu- I guess the silver lining on that corporate nightmare is if anybody has some stuff in place, hopefully it's Microsoft because they have also made giganto acquisitions before. So maybe they have decent onboarding tools at this point for moving planets into themselves as they unicron their way across uh, the known galaxy. Um, uh, I, I hope it is a positive change for to you know, all I mean, or one. <laughs> That's a very yeah, different dude, meaning don't, now. Don't say that. Don't say that. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm even thinking about like the on the ground labor organizing stuff, I hope does not get disrupted by this. Like I yeah. hope that, I mean, you know, quite frankly, a lot of that is just going to be on the people doing the organizing to keep up the pressure and keep the momentum going. Um, but I mean, even at a kind of mid-tier level, like what Activision was doing to all of its studios, like a, like workplace malfeasance and toxicity aside, also just the strategic mm. direction for most of their studios was inevitably to just become a faceless Call of Duty support studio, right? Like across the board. You know, it happened to, it happened to Raven. It happened to like you name... Right. Like Vicarious Visions basically lost its entire identity right. after making some very good games, you know? Like the hope is a lot of those people will be able to like stretch their legs creatively as well on on work that they feel passionate about and not just have to serve the eternal Call of Duty content machine forever. Yeah, in the end, all I think all any of us really want is for the talented people there to be able to apply those talents on the games they want to make and be able to do it in an environment that right. is conducive to their well being. Right. And there's a lot of exciting properties on that list that we read off that I would love to see something new happen with. And I bet there's a lot of people in that structure that have ideas for things to do with them, you know? Yeah. So like, yeah. So I kind of want to end this with just saying that ton of, ton of actual people affected by this, not just at the top with Bobby Kodak and and Phil um, Spencer. Um, Hopefully, I don't know. I don't know. What are you you thinking? (laughs) Like, is it positive or if you're, if you're at a keyboard making games at Activision, I don't know. How does, what does this, what does this look like? How does this feel? Is this what's happening in there? Probably too. I'm sure most people are just still in shock over the whole thing. Yeah. I think what most people the, at Microsoft are still in shock. Like some of the yes. people I know who are, you know, who still work there, like their public message is like big day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dot, right, dot, dot. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah, I definitely, yeah. Definitely saw similar sentiments from people I know. Yeah. yeah are our offices like, staying open or, or are they relocating? Are they, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, way it's, it's just so much stuff. It's like, you know, who gets to keep the dishes? Are you going to combine the dishes? I already have a blender. Do we need two blenders in the house? I don't know. Um, all right. We're going to take another break here. Again, we'll be back on this story, not after the break, but I'm sure as uh, more comes out and this thing kind of goes on and we get more to talk about there. Big one. But we're going to come back. We're going to talk about some video games, including Nobody Saves the World, Ali Ali World, and also some updated thoughts on Resident Evil Village World. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> stick around. We'll be right back. 
This week's show is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Alex Navarro, Brad Shoemaker. You're not going to walk out of the house naked, right? Not if I can help it. You're going to put your VPN on first. Yeah, of course. Of course. One leg at a time, like I always do. (laughs) ExpressVPN is the easiest way to browse safely, securely, and just better. I just use ExpressVPN. I was away on a trip. I've had ExpressVPN for a couple of years here. When I got on that hotel Wi-Fi, I slipped right into ExpressVPN. One click, very easy. Get in there, and then I was able to access the internet, let's say. What what are you doing on that vacation there? Hmm? I I had to access my GitHub account, Uh and I was doing some coding, and then I I used my ExpressVPN, and then VPNed into my home computer! Likely story. Uh Uh-huh. And then uh, I watched, uh, you know, I watched uh, some videos, uh, you know, and it's fast enough. That's what they all say. It's got great speeds. It was connected very easily. I was even able to stream in HD problemless on the hotel Wi-Fi. And they didn't know they didn't know a damn thing. It says here you can connect to ExpressVPN and you won't even realize you have it on, which I can vouch for. It's pretty seamless. So right now, go to expressvpn.com slash nextlander and you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com slash nextlander to get three extra months of ExpressVPN expressvpn.com slash nextlander. Thanks, ExpressVPN. And we're back. And now it's time to talk about video games. Oh, I remember those. Yeah. You know, in in um, when it's slower releases, it's time to just buy giant companies. That's, uh, mm-hmm. that's you know... You got some, you got the other. It's Big shout season. out to Microsoft. Yeah, there you go. I literally woke up yesterday thinking like, yeah, we just covered a month's worth of news from the holidays and when we were doing Game of the Year stuff. Like, there's probably not going to be anything to talk about news-wise this week. Yep. Because we just covered it all. And then, oh. They got you covered. It uh, all just covered you. Let's talk about a game called Nobody Saves the World. Okay. N- Nobody. If you're just going to tell me that nobody is coming to save the world. I I believe it. I have bad news for you. (laughs) What if I told you a weird nude man might save the world? Hey, I'll take what I can get at this point. Okay. Here he comes. So this is a game from... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, no. Why would you introduce that image into the world? Okay. (laughs) Sorry, go ahead, Alex. Dude, I saw a promoted tweet yesterday that was like, it was like Elon Musk. When Elon Musk has free time, he loves to read. Here are nine selections that he thinks you should read. I'm like, oh, what's the last time Elon Musk read an entire book? Give me a break. He's, you know, his books read to him. Alex, what were you going to say? I don't know, man. I was going to say something. Uh, this is a game from Drinkbox Studios, the people behind Guacamelee. It is an RPG dungeon crawler. Like, I don't really know how to, a better way to describe it, but it is a game where, again, you play as a weird nude guy who wakes up with amnesia and then steals a wizard's stick, whatever, the wand. That's what and, they call them, yeah. And then, over time, gains the ability to transmogrify himself into a variety of different forms, including a dumb guard, a ranger, and a slug, among other things. Yeah, the rat 
Appropriately, the, the rat. The rat is the first form. You get. That's true. The rat is the very first one. Um, it is a game where you you take these different forms, and those forms all have different abilities that are attached to them. You level them up by you know using them in combat, and uh, and you eventually earn the ability to mix and match those abilities to different builds. So essentially, yeah. those different forms become builds that you want to use for tackling various uh, dungeon encounters. I, yeah, I, I, yeah. Two things about this. Number one, it feels very explicitly old Zelda like to me. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's a top down. It's a top down action RPG. Yeah, and like something about it. I don't know. Something about like the size and shape of the world map. It's this big rectangle, and they even start you kind of right around where Link to the Past starts you, or even the original Zelda, <laughs> kind of right down the middle of the bottom. Like there's just a lot of trappings around it that make me feel a little Link to the Pasty. I had that same thought. Yes. There are worse things to attach yourself to. The other thing is I really love how shameless this game is because it's literally, it's seriously, it is just like, like, hey, you like turning in quests? You like oh making levels go up? You like filling up progress bars? I do. Fucking here you go. And, and they're very good. Uh, they're pretty good about um, getting you going quickly. Like, you, yes. you, you're, yeah. you're f- like five five minutes into that game, you've got your first like three progress meters on on challenges filling up rapidly. Yeah, so um, if you haven't seen it, you should look up pictures of it. It's got a it's got a pretty neat art style. Um, and uh, I think the thing know, we had sort of been bandying around when we were talking about it was the uh, the the behemoth stuff, like that level, that that kind of sort of like clean animation. Yeah, yeah, it's got a really nice look to it, like really sharp, uh, sharp to the art that, that yes, yeah. yeah, like animates well and it runs very smoothly, but also it's got nice little kind of soft focus around the edges, like some nice lighting. And to be fair, okay. like Guacamelee had that too. Like Guacamelee yeah, was a very yeah, nice looking game. Very, very much of like kind of of their house style. Uh, we should, yeah, we should mention from from the studios that brought yeah. you Drake Box. Uh, yeah, this is um is, uh kind of details out of the way here. This just came out. It mm-hmm. is on PC and Xbox. It is also available on Game Pass if you are subscribed to that. Twenty five dollars. Um, it is. Is it is uh it is fun. It's, so it's you, a very it's a very satisfying treadmill. I think like, there's cause, like cause, seven treadmills, but yes, yeah, it is. Yeah. That's yeah. That's, that's kind of what it is, is like you have, you have an overall character level. That's like how much health and mana you have and kind of basic, I think attack and defense stats. And then each form that you can morph into also has its own level and health. Um, and yeah. And, and yes, like, and, and abilities and stuff. And like there are perks that go with each form. Yeah. So um, that you unlock on an upgrade tree, like, and it's just constantly feeding you more quests. Like it's just, you know, so, so a quest might kill. be something like, yeah, kill, kill five enemies yeah. with this attack. Yeah. Uh, it's, and then you get like some points. Recharge, recharge 2000 health with this, you know, lifesteal attack, like kill 50 enemies with a sword, like, you know, poison enemies 25 times. Like it's just constantly hitting you with stuff like that. And it's also just, you know, like finish this dungeon or mm-hmm. like go here and do this, get eight of these, you know, like it's just constantly spawning. You can, you can even buy <laughs> Like it was really telling to me when I got to the first vendor, and you can buy an endless quest from that vendor. Yeah, yeah. There's a Literally. lot. There's a bunch of those actually. Mm-hmm. Oh, are there more of those? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Oh, that's yeah. exciting. I mean, it's like on some level, it feels like a slightly more interactive progress quest to me. <laughs> like <laughs> you're not really wrong. Just it really just feels like. I mean, it's like grinding, but fun. Like it's actually just a fun grind. But that's the thing is that the grind doesn't require you to go out of your way to do a bunch of stuff. Like at least in the the like I'm probably like three or four hours into it at this point. Everything that is in those progress bars that has popped into my my menu, 
I have been able to do just by doing the next thing or going right. to the next place or checking this thing out. Like, it's not a game where you have to go out of your way and think too hard, at least, again, in those early hours, about how you're going to make that progress. It is all kind of built into the natural grind of playing it. I I, I did have to focus on, a, like, to get some of the rat quests done. Yeah. Well, that's the one thing you have to do is you have to the, use the different forms in yeah. order to level them up. Some some yeah. of the quests are like, you know, this you have to use this ability to finish this quest, but that ability only triggers when you're below 30% health, so you kind yeah. of have to, like, manufacture yeah. some situations where you, you are in that circumstance. There are situ- plenty of situations, though, where you will just get there. Like, I, yeah. I found plenty of combat encounters where I, you know, I got to under 30% health without having to do very much thinking about it. That being said, it's so far, it's been pretty breezy and pretty generous. Like with it has um, hard parts, I would say, but by and large, it has been pretty well balanced. So, so um, it seems like as you go through the different forms, the the template I've seen as I've unlocked a form is you get a basic attack with which, when you use it, recharges your mana. It seems that is your generally your basic attack, and the second one you unlock is usually more of an AOE attack for uh, massive damage in a surrounding area that uses mana without necessarily recharging it. So right. you'll you'll use that second ability, and then you'll use your primary ability build back up the mana. But they're they're really feeding you health qu- quite consistently, uh, whether it's from like trash cans you break or if you use the rat. You just get health back when you use its second ability. You get like thirty percent health back, which is um, just switch to the rat. The, the, I, I always switch to the rat. This the rat moves so fast. Why that's, would you not use why. the rat? That's exactly why. Is that I have not found a form yet that moves faster oh, than the rat, the and horse. it does that poison damage, which is good. The horse yes. is the OP. horse is very fast. The horse is I've so been, good. So the horse is not only so good. It's primary attack. You have to face backwards, so you just wind up running okay. through the levels backwards, so you can kick things because you can hold down the button to make sure your attack yes. faces a certain way. Yeah, um, I, I, so I, good. I, I immediately when I started playing this game um, said, "Man, I wish there was a way to lock your direction as you move <laughs> around." And then I like I tried right trigger, and that totally did it. And then like two minutes later, they tell you, "Hey, hold right <laughs> trigger to," but like that's the one thing this game needed, and sure enough, it's in there. Yeah, I wish. I'm sure they put this in and they decided they doesn't need it. I wish it slowed down or paused when you switched forms. Um, it is not quite fast enough for me on that wheel where I want to switch forms and I'm in the middle of combat. I, I'm always getting hit once or twice and it's not the end of the world, but I do wish it either slowed things down for a uh, half a second while you're switching. Uh, there's no quick switch button. You have a radio wheel that you kind of yeah. just pull up and use. So you can't just hit a button to switch back and forth. That's the other thing. If they just had a um, a button where you can quick switch between the last form you had, uh, maybe that's something that comes later on. But like when I'm using the Ranger, which has a uh, a bow and arrow, like a range attack, I usually want to switch to something like the Rat to kind of get my health back quickly and then switch right back to get more mana or or whatever it is. But it is pretty fun. I found it pretty breezy. Like it goes. Yeah. Like it just you just keep moving. That's um, that's the thing. I think they they have found like a sublime pace for these milestones to be completed. You know, it's like yeah, every time every time you pop off a quest, which is like every two minutes, like they give you three more. You know, and it's like you're you're just constantly hitting redeem on things and getting the resulting rewards, and it just feels really good in like a scary dopamine drip kind of way. Yes. I think if if it has a failing, it's that I absolutely do not give a shit about anything that's going on with the story or the characters for the most part. Like it's pleasant. Yeah, the few character pretty, interactions that are there are fine, and like you know, it's it's not a thing I've laughed at, but it's a couple of times I've said, "Ah, that's funny," 
And that's not necessarily what you want from a comedy game, but like it also doesn't really matter. Like it's only just kind of there as a hum in the background. Like it is not the thing driving it forward. Yeah. I just kind of wish I was a little more invested in what I why I was actually doing this grind other than Alex like numbers go up. I, I like I, mean, I, I like the 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 backdrop. I, I don't mind it. The the night at the archery range is funny. I found the the um uh the the one the ranged one, the one that mm. wants you to uh, beat that range uh, archery challenge to be it's got like a snarky tone to it. The the whole thing. It's, it's, it does. It's kind of, I just don't think yeah. it's that funny. Yeah, it's not, it, it didn't have me rolling out of my seat, but I'm okay for that backdrop. Um but yeah, I'm yeah, there to make the numbers go up also. Yeah, it's because the gameplay is so pleasantly mindless and fun to like I don't want to call it a time waster, because I mean there is some like light strategy, I guess I would call it, in completing some of those challenges, you know? Well, they but. get into a point where um, each attack has a dominion or a, 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 a damage type damage type. And they get into parts where you have to use that damage type to break a shield on an enemy. Right. And then you have to switch and you can switch back to another form after you break the shield is fine. They also do a very smart thing where in a major boss dungeon, I've only been through one. I think Alex maybe you've gone through more than them. I've gone through actually, a couple. They lock out progress on your on your form so that it's like don't worry about what form you're using for progress. Just use whatever form gets you through the dungeon to solve the puzzle the best. So it actually locks out any XP you're gaining f- towards progress for that individual class, which is on one point a relief. So you're not forced into using the rat to just use that uh you know ability over and over again. You're like I can use whatever I want. I don't get an XP. On the other hand, you feel like you're wasting time because you're not gaining that yeah, XP. That doesn't necessarily feel like the right like positive way to solve that problem to me. It's it, it's it's interesting. I, I've, again, I've only seen it on that one dun- dungeon, but you you've seen it other times, Alex, on the on the gem dungeons. Yeah, a little bit. Okay. Yeah, it's it's an interesting choice. I can see why they would do it because I was definitely just min maxing classes to to burn through quests and i would do that in a dungeon as well so uh it's i like it i want to keep going with it yeah that's the thing i i sat down with it expecting that i was going to put like an hour maybe an hour and a half into it and then i like three and a half hours later i was like oh okay uh, i'm actually enjoying this yeah Yeah, again I, i keep wanting to call it something like a time waster or mindless which is kind of unfair to the game but it's it's a, it's a little bit mindless. Like, it's, it's, and I don't mean it's it, in that in a way that's like they have not put any thought into like how this game works. Like, if anything, yeah, I yeah. think it is a very efficient machine. But like, you don't have to think too hard about what you're doing. That, that's what I mean. Is like you're not you're not making a heavy commitment. You are not going to be under a lot of pressure when you sit down to play this game. Like, it's fun. It's fun yeah. and satisfying, and it kind of does what it needs to do. And you can play it for twenty or thirty minutes at a time, and you're. You can hold a in a lot of spots, and your attack oh, yeah, will, will just fire off, and it feels and, good. Like yeah. it feels good to just wail on twenty <laughs> enemies with these goofy attacks. It's yeah, like, it's, it's it's entertaining, and and a nice soundtrack too. I found it uh, appropriate yeah. and, and, and kind of overworld music, and the map keeps expanding. I keep on does adding it, parts. Does, to the map. does it ever does it ever stop nagging you for using a form that doesn't have any active quests? Because. Like, You're, like like we were saying, I switch to the rat every time I need to travel, but I don't yeah. have any quest for the rat, and it keeps butting in with a tooltip that I have to, it pauses the action, it's like, hey, you should switch to a form with quests, this one doesn't have any. I'm like, I know. I don't I'm know, I started to, I'm just trying to get somewhere after. quickly. So you, you start getting just weirder quests for 
comboing stuff um, to the point where I was like, oh man, I actually have a lot of quests now where it's like, okay, now use the rat with a, uh, a damage type like this and, and slot that in. So you actually wind oh. up getting these other quests that aren't specific to the rat. They're specific to the combination of things you can build with the rat. So I, I don't like once I got those, I just had so many quests. Like I had quests where it's like, wow, I have to scroll the list to see how many quests I have um, Jeez. for a thing, uh, which is What's again the- kind of what you want, right? What's the top rank on a form? Like their letter grades. Does it top out at A? Is it an S? <laughs> I've only made it to know? B rank so far. Okay, I was, was going to say, because like it, the leveling, the leveling per form slows down pretty fast once you start ranking up. It feels yes. Like, it feels like it would take kind of a lot of work to actually max out a form. I tried. I thought I was, I thought, I thought I was going to get there on one, but no, it didn't quite. I just mm. got the slug instead. Um, but that horse, I'm a fan of the horse. My horse Horse, you also get upgrade points um, for your, you level your character up and then you get a currency to spend on specific abilities. There's a, there's a lot of numbers that are, you're gaining. Nobody saves the world available on PC and Xbox. And it is $25 also available on game pass. If you are a subscriber to that, I give it a thumbs up. It's my first year first. Very good game pass game. Yes. Thumbs up. Very good game to just show up on your Xbox and you play through it and then you probably don't think about it again, but you had a good time while you played it. I did not see any transactions in that game. Not that there might not be. I did not see any. Boot it up and you play. I enjoyed it. Uh, Alex, you (laughs) have tried some Ali Ali World. Yes, this game is not out yet. It is out in February, but there was a preview version that went around uh, for folks to check out. And I've played through a pretty good chunk of it, actually. I spent, uh, I've definitely played through, I think, the first two biomes, and I think I just started touching the third one. Um, So, Ollie Ollie. This is a game that I think, if you remember it, you remember it primarily as a sort of flow state, side-scrolling skateboarding game. Okay. I was, I've never played it, but I always had the impression that it's kind of like a skateboarding toy. Uh, Or is there more to it than that? It was... It's been so long since I played the original, but I remember being very lean and efficient. And it is a game that is very much just about snapping off combos of tricks as you move along a side-scrolling environment. And my understanding oh, okay. is that is pretty much what makes Ollie 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 Ollie. Yes, okay, actually. <laughs> boy, say that again. Ollie 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 Ollie. Looking at these screenshots, yeah, I see all the Nolly 360 flip tricks, front side 360 shove it ringing up, a laser flip, like it's a fakey big spin flip 180. <laughs> And it's very stu- trick-based. Trick all that stuff is pretty much done, if you're playing like I was with a controller, all that stuff is just done with a stick. Like, you're moving the left stick in different directions as you're moving along, and, uh, you know, you're kind of hitting A as you land to try and get, like, a perfect landing. But it is a lot of stick rotation to do those tricks. Um, so, Ollie Ollie World... Ollie Ollie World is Pendleton Ward's Pro Skater. It is... They have Adventure timed the shit out of... The, the the environment, the world around Ali Ali. And it's possible maybe they were going that direction with some... with Because again, I've only really played the original Ali Ali. I think I might have played the second one for a little bit, but I don't really remember anything about it. Okay. um So it's been a while since I really engaged with this stuff, and maybe they were already kind of heading in this direction, but my immediate striking thing was someone watched a lot of Adventure Time and thought this would make a really cool skateboarding world, and they were right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. I'm, I'm looking at shots of Ollie Ollie 2, and it is very much that same kind of bland or fairly generic looking 2D art. Okay, like it so does he, not, it does not 
I don't see any giant bananas like I see in this first screenshot of Ollie Ollie World that I landed on. So they give you like a, a cadre of kind of weird skateboarding characters to interact with right out of the gate. They are just kind of a crew that li- hang around with you and they're looking for the next big skate wizard. <laughs> Guess who that might be? Hmm. Um, there is a whole character creation element to this game where there are just a ton of different parts and, you know, customizable elements that you can do to make your character look any number of different ways or have different boards. Um, and you just kind of go from place to place. Like the, each world is kind of like a, like a super Mario world world where there's like a bunch of different dots of different levels around. And each of those levels comes with a set of challenges, score things that you're trying to hit some of which will unlock new bonus stages. Some are just meant for progression. Um, and it's a very breezy experience that still has some challenge to it. Like, Ollie Ollie, what I remember playing was that the game could get hard. You know, that flow state sense of, like, you are constantly trying to, you know, grind on this, then hit this wall ride, then grind on another thing, then land with a different trick, and then get into, you know, kind of a... Like, it was like the Tony Hawk-style combo system where you were constantly trying to keep the flow of combo going at all times. And that is still very much the case here. But they've just rebuilt the trappings around it and kind of the progression of it in a way that gives it its own, I I think, its own distinct flavor. Though that flavor, again, to me at least, feels very much inspired by something like an Adventure Time. So is it kind of like a runner? Like, are you, it's like a, like a, like a trip runner for each stage. Like, are you like, are you just kind of running through the level uh, when you're in a set level? Are you running through the level, like trying to memorize what's coming up next? Um, to a degree, there are alternate paths in a lot of these tracks. And some of them are just like, here's the basic area. Here's the gnarly section of the level. And you kind of uh-huh. go through. And so some of the challenges you can just tick off in one run and they're permanently unlocked. You okay. don't have to go back and do them again. But there are, you know, if you don't get hit that challenge, if you fail a run, but you still hit a challenge, that still ticks off. So you don't have to do that again. That's good. Are there collectibles in the level as well? I haven't seen much in the way of collectibles, but there are collectibles that come when you when you beat those challenges. Would you say they meet their ambition on this one? I think so. I mean, okay, again, so I don't far, know what the right, full yes, scope of, right. of their ambition was, but it feels like their goal was to give some more personality to this thing that people already really liked. And I think they have succeeded in that. Like the characters are goofy, they're charming, and they're also not constantly around or constantly jawing at you. They kind of just give you some like pre-level dialogue, which you can then skip if you want to go back and do another run in a level. Hmm. Um, there's a a bit of a plot involving the skate gods, but you know whether you're invested in that or not, I I leave that up to you. I will just say that like I. Didn't really know what this was going to be other than they were, it seemed like they were enlarging what Ollie Ollie World was, and I'm pretty charmed by it overall. That's cool. And yeah. it's like the, the skating is still fully 2D, right? Like some, Yes, it some is still side shots. Sc- it's like 2.5D, okay. you know, like right. it is, there is a 3D element to it, but it is a side-scrolling skateboarding game. Okay. I don't know why I had it in my mind that there was some multiplayer aspect to this, but I don't, maybe it was the world. There's an asynchronous multiplayer aspect to it, which I didn't really dig that far into, but my understanding is that like, yeah, it is a lot of like daily challenges and leaderboards and that kind of stuff. And you can also build, I think, challenges for other people to, to complete if you want. Hmm. Ollie Ollie world. Yeah. It's cool. And it's out next month. And I'm looking forward to like finishing the whole thing because I'm having a lot more fun with it than I've had with like some other recent indie skateboarding stuff. Like this to me 
you know, it's it's goofy and it's over the top, but like the actual skating feels good. And the like the flow state stuff is like it has like a really nice flow to it. So I I'm I'm into it. That's cool. I might have to give this a try. There is a notice on the Steam store page that I have never seen before. Mm hmm. Ollie Ollie World requires a controller in order to play. Playing with a keyboard and mouse isn't supported. Isn't supported? Like, I don't know that I've ever seen a PC game yeah. before without mouse and keyboard support. That is bold. Yeah. Uh, anyway. I don't think you could play this game with a keyboard. I just don't think you could do it. You watch mm. me. Well, I'll play I, I, you're right. You, in fact, cannot do it. <laughs> no, I'm saying even if they tried to make it work, I don't I think it would yes. work. I will play this game with a rock band controller with my toes. You will challenges. have a bad time, my friend. Um, February 8th? Is that the February 8th, release? I believe, yes. All right. Let's take it to Resident Evil Village. Or Village. Resident Evil 8, as um, it's called in the Caravilla household. I, just, I keep thinking, yeah, it's just RE8 in my head. Every time it's, I say it in my head, it's just RE8. It flows. Resident Evil 8 flows. Resident the 8th Resident 8. Evil game. RE8. Um, so uh, probably have some spoilers in this section. Uh, if we, if we, we're not going to go too deep into it. But Brad, you and I have continued. Alex, have you continued much with Resident Evil or not? I, really? I, I dug a little bit deeper, but I was kind of focused on those other games this past week. Uh, I really like this Resident Evil game. I do too. I'm super deep into it. It is very popular around here. You caught me at a weird time because the very last thing I played in it is like by far the worst thing I have seen in that game so far. What was the last thing you did? The water part. Okay. Moreau. Moreau's. Yeah. Uh, in, the, in the Moreau area where yeah. you're having to like break boards to knock bridges down and like cross these bridges very slowly and press at, switches. As the water monster gets you. That, that whole part just felt kind of sloppy in a way the rest of the game has not. But that, it's an outlier though. I, otherwise, I think the game's fantastic. So uh, here's a weird thing that I, maybe you're noticing now because I started feeling it about at that section too. I'm 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 past that, but the setup for that game where you start at the castle seems like the big. It when I was playing through that part, I was like, "Wow, is each one of these bosses going to be this involved?" And it is not. They yeah. uh, they break up the doll part. I like the breakup. They take your weapons away, and you and you kind of do this weird weird hallucinogenic puzzle I, I, yeah i thought that doll part the the area with the doll maker was fascinating like, yeah it was really different really different really like more adventure gamey like and it was short a lot more short tight solving solving like puzzle solving based and fucking weird that that gigantic baby baby yummy it's like what are we doing with There's this a, thing there is a gigantic monstrous infant that crawls around chasing you in the basement of that place. And like, it sounds like you thought it was goofy as hell. I thought it was like really unnerving. I thought it was both disgusting and horrifying until it starts babbling. And then when it, when it puts you into its mouth feet first, oh, dude, that just made it worse for me and, and yells yummy when it started going dada in a monster voice. Like it just got worse, but it's not a monster voice. It's a baby voice. It's kind of a monster voice. It's like all babies are monsters. Um, it is, uh, it is, it is wild. It is, it is maybe the goofiest part so far. Also, Ethan is maybe can compete in a very big list, but make the top five of dumbest characters. Like mm. he is, like he's a, a grade A dope. He's a I mean, dope. It, he's a doofus. But it, 
feels like it plays into his whole like the, the indestructible nature of him, which I don't know where that stuff's going yet. Oh, sh- sure. He's like, he's a yeah. Like he's he's kind of a hapless dope, but he kind of grows like he just regenerates everything. <laughs> like it doesn't matter what you do to him because he's just going to grow it back. Hey, yeah, or just sprinkle his liquid or, on it. Yeah, he's going to like glue his forearm back on and everything will be fine. Uh, he is um he is well, okay. I want to say he's a dumbass. He's a dope. Like there was a part where I just laughed and I don't think it was supposed to be funny. Maybe it was supposed to be funny. After you beat uh lady um Demescu? Demis- Dem- Demetresque is how Demetresque? they say it in the okay. uh, but I, I've been informed okay I was actually just informed Sources. yesterday on our discord by someone with knowledge of Romanian that that is by that is absolutely not the correct pronunciation I'll say Lady- Capcom's pronunciation to, but it's not dr- the correct one to, to drop that U sound I'll say Lady D you, you beat Lady you D mm-hmm. and then she's like ah, she's writhing and you're you're riding uh, this monster to the, down this like tower and she's like I curse your whole family. And then you smash to the ground. He gets up. He's like, you're a curse. That's Ethan. That's my idiot son. He does say, he says like, you're, you're cursed. And then like, like, you're an idiot. <laughs> he just he is an absolute moron. He is kind of a giant cheese ball for sure. Oh my gosh. Like, like he, one liners are terrible. Like, I don't, you know, like one moment he is in pursuit of his kidnapped infant child. <laughs> and then like the next moment he's, he's just like telling some giant monster, like, just finish me off. Just get it over with. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Do you want to find your baby or not? Or you just want to die? What are you doing? I do. I don't going. think he knows what he wants. He's, and like his interactions, Duke is great. The, the, oh, the, the shopkeeper. The just, Duke is good. I don't know if you've you cooked stuff with the Duke because it, um, I haven't, I, I mean, I've got the option. I haven't found, I don't think I've found enough ingredients to cook anything yet. Ooh, Have you, you gotta, you gotta get searching more. You Dude, I am fucking, I am, meats. I am dining, dining. I am dining. <laughs> dining I'm dying. I am dying to find some finest fish. Yes. And some juicy game. Juicy game is, uh, need, is an I interesting juicy one. game. You I can probably get game. the juicy game now. Finest fish. I think mm. you have to wait a little bit. Damn it. I, I want that movement upgrade. Did, did you find the uh, Did you find the picture of the juicy game? Um, the photo. I have, I have found some photos of animals. I don't know. If, okay. I mean, it didn't say it was juicy game necessarily. Okay. There's, there are the photos might help you out. In, uh, I, but mm. the cooking sound, I bring it up because it. Uh, I know these are both Capcom joints. It really reminds me of the cooking in Monster Hunter. Oh that, boy. That okay. Ching, ching, clink clink clink. I know maybe a little Zelda like. Um, All right. Not a Capcom game, but. Well, not this Zelda game. It hasn't been a Capcom. Oh, anyway, whole other thing. Um, yeah, uh, cooking sounds pretty good. And the upgrades, I haven't really noticed too much. This is not, I have not found this one to be extremely hard except for w- immediate death stuff. Like, um, oh, I walked in a wrong spot. Like the fish part, right? Like, oh, I walked over the bridge and now I'm just dead. Like, um, But the battles I have not found to be super challenging it's not overly hard i mean a lot of enemies take a lot of bullets to kill yes but they also kind of give you a lot of bullets yeah Yeah. there's no shortage it's you're i hit a part now where i'm like really strapped for bullets i'm in i'm in um for those who have finished it the kind of uh heisenberg part where they're just constantly throwing guys at me now And, and so far i think we talked about this last time it 
feels like a game where you're supposed to engage with the enemy and, you know, take them out and then get some money and get a crystal skull and buy some more bullets or do whatever. This part now feels like, I don't know if I have the ammo to take everybody out. I think I'm just running past parts. I have run past parts. Um, where so I just, knife. I'm out of bullets. Uh, I don't know. Knife. No, no the, <laughs> the knife is not doing it. So, and I also hit parts now where the economy, where the Duke has offered me some fine items that are just, you know, I think like $160,000. And it's just like, Duke. That's like all I have right now. Dude, what are we doing, Duke? I've sold I, you I, everything. I kind of, I mean, it's probably doesn't matter that much in the grand scheme. I wish it telegraphed a little bit more. Like what you should be spending money on when? What have you been like, buying? In both cases, in, in the cases of both the pistol and the shotgun, mm. I assumed there was only one of each in the game. Mm. And like in both cases, right around the time that I dumped a bunch of money into upgrading the one, I immediately got the next oh. one, like the better one. Well, you but know, that, better is subjective. Spend, uh, those numbers are pretty explicit. They're, well, if you upgraded... Your early upgraded handgun might be better than your uh, later handgun. I, I always, I also switched right over to because I was yeah, like, it, it tops out. I, 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 I ran the math. Okay, yeah, I ran the numbers. I, yeah, it, it, the 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 first model is like top out. They have a pretty low upgrade ceiling, so that you can only okay. take them so far. But and I think you only get like half the money back that you spent on them when you sell them. But whatever, it's probably fine. I, I, like for a while there, I was rolling. I was flush with cash, and now I am no longer. But the other thing with the upgrade on the weapons is. They don't get, let you upgrade up to your dollar amount. They kind of gate the upgrades where you're like, yeah. oh, you can't upgrade until you beat this other area, which I get. You know, they don't want you to make it too easy. But um, that's also a thing of like, well, should I spend my money now or should I just save it? Because I know after I beat this, I'm probably going to dump $70,000 into upgrading the shotgun more. You buy, you find upgrade parts and those are always fun. And uh, they do a nice, the nice Resident Evil thing, which please never stop Capcom, which is highlighting rooms that are cleared out and 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 marking them on the map. I, I love it. I, I, I'm with you, but it also introduces some maladaptive behaviors. Let's say, just clean out a room when, yes, for example, you can't bring yourself to move on from an area until you have turned every single room blue. It's a Christmas. It's a crystal fragment on the ceiling. It's always a crystal mm. fragment, and it's always stuffed on a ceiling. Just find it there. Uh, my problem with that is, uh, I broke that uh, and that's a pretty hard one for me to break. I had to break it at some point cause I was spending like a half hour in a room just like, yes, like I, I didn't move out of the castle. I found out that you can't come back to the castle. So I made sure to clear everything out in that castle. Yeah. That, which, I, yeah. When she is, when the, the large vampire lady is dogging you constantly is kind of a chore. Yeah. She does. She doesn't like you in the castle except um, in Duke's room. You're okay in there. Yes. We'll not go in the Duke's room. She doesn't fight with the Duke. I, I, it was the Duke. It was I, the Duke. I really like the castle part. I think that's probably still the strongest part of the game. Yeah, about that dollhouse, the dollhouse stuff was also fantastic though. I, I like the structure of the game. I had heard people had said it was like more open, which I don't know that I agree with necessarily. It's not that mm. it's open. It's just that there's a hub hub. Yeah. But there's only one area you can go to at any given time, right? Like you, you, you can have to go to the castle eventually. first. No, I know you come back through the hub and like they, there is a little bit of a Metroid thing there of like, oh, I got a new key. Now I can open these other houses in yeah. the hub that I couldn't before. Um, what I mean is like you can only go to the castle and then you finish the castle and then you can only go to the doll maker and you finish that and then you can only go to Moreau. You, they do close off kind of the more 
like the story based specific stuff. yeah yes. yeah exactly yeah. like you can you can kind of backtrack through the run up to those areas right but well, they do kind of like yeah get you off to the what what i mean is there is a prescribed order to the yeah. bosses you have to fight like there's no i i thought it was going to be a little more mega man kind of like oh just go wherever you want and do all the shit that we told you to do but no it is literally it is, like you're building the key to open yes, the next area it is, it is like okay there is one area that this key will open right now and that's where i'm going um which is does, fine like it's not the end of the world it's just i i it wasn't quite what i expected based on what people had said it does seem like there's a couple of things that are at your discretion, which are side encounters. Like they're, if you're going for those treasure chests, which they very nicely mark on the, on the map, which I also appreciate, um, you'll encounter some enemies there. And I think that is up to you, whether you want to go in there and take on the big wolf or, you do, they, know, do they ever lock any of those big treasure chests off later? Cause I've come across a couple that it felt like I couldn't get at the time. I came across those as well. I had to circle back around. So okay. I've, I've been able to, I have not met one. I have not met a treasure chest. I couldn't open yet. Uh, mm-hmm. And I have not left an area uh, without pouring over every single thing to see if I, I actually looked up two of them to be like, am I going to lose these? It's probably the same exact two that um, in the hub world that you're thinking of yeah. where it's like you, you maybe need a key, let's say from a, somebody who makes instruments, uh, luthier's key. Oh, I got that one. You did it get out. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's like around that area where there were like a couple of chests that I was like, I, do I have to come back at some point? I'm, I've been here a half hour and I looked it up and it's like, come back after you finish Moreau and, or whatever, or Bienvenito, bien, bien, yeah. whatever the doll was. And it was like, come back. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Like the, the, the amount of side activities is kind of cool for a Resident Evil game. Like the, yeah. finding the, finding the cooking ingredients and those, those side treasure chests and just some of the exploration stuff that is kind of there, but not essential is, is kind of nice to have. I like it. I, I do. Um, you know, it makes me fear I'm going to miss out on collecting something, but that's, they mark those treasure chests and usually the treasure chests are the things I don't want to miss the upgrade parts, the, the big ticket Duke items. Um, I need to find one more sphere somewhere for the labyrinth puzzle, uh, which I haven't been able to find. Uh, I don't know if I've, oh, yeah, those are another not. good, those are another, another good example of just like side cool stuff. Yeah, it gives you some cash. Uh, yeah. I don't know if I'm like in the in on the roller coaster downhill parts at the end or not. If I'm going to leave this area, it feels like I'm wrapping things up. So uh, we'll see maybe next week. But big thumbs up. I, I really, it's a very yeah. actiony Resident Evil game. Yes, uh, weird. I, I see how I feel when I finish it. I feel like it might not be as good a game as Seven, but I think I like it more. I think I'm having feel, an easier- it. Doesn't. I'm having an easier time feel with as, it. Yeah, it doesn't feel as tightly designed to me as Seven does, but I think I enjoy what it's doing more. I, I think I was more into the vibes of Seven. I think this one is ridiculous in a way that I do kind of appreciate. But I think Seven it. had such a good, creepy, fucked up thing going on, which was actually also the the impediment to me playing it. Hmm. Whereas this is. I can't say I've ever really been scared by any aspect of this game, and I, I know there's some horrific stuff in it and what, but but it feels more like you said it's much more of an action experience, which is less of an impediment to me playing it. I think I like this better than seven. I think okay. I think seven to me, seven seven to me also uh, the vibes are very interesting, but the more seven went on, the less I enjoyed seven. I think the more it's kind of turned into traditional resident evil stuff uh the longer it went this yeah. seems to from the jump just be like hey you're gonna be shooting a lot you're gonna be it's more action game and it's so ridiculous it's yes. just mm-hmm. 
It's much more it re- ridiculous. It truly is ridiculous. It it's, seems real fucking ridiculous. And I, and I like that. It is so, it is so silly. The characters are that the characters are kind of re- a return to form, let's say of over the top resident evil characters in, the, in yeah. the vein of like, Oh, you're all very silly. Like you're, I don't know what's going on. I am, um, I'm curious to see, you know, you didn't get a lot of doll maker backstory and I kind of, wondered if i missed some setup for what happened there because you get more with you got a lot with uh, lady d you got a and you got a decent amount with moreau of like oh what is your story here why did this come to pass i feel like i didn't get a ton with the doll maker of like what is your whole deal like why yeah, i mean i think i think she's supposed to be pretty enigmatic okay like she straight up hides her presence behind the doll for the most part yeah like um yeah kind of got in and out of there and was like okay i guess i got this part let's go even that thing is ridiculous. The the what you're collecting from each boss to uh, unlock the the final door oh, gateway dude, yes. is yes. is ridiculous in yes. in and of itself. The key you're making uh, is should we just say what it is? Sure, you, you baby it's your parts. Baby? It's parts of a baby. You are straight up. You are straight up Simon's questing this shit and collecting <laughs> the body parts of your child to um, assemble back together. Yeah, it is. Um, it is ridiculous. And, and like, you know, the Duke is just like, yeah, man, that's messed up. <laughs> anyway, you want to mm-hmm. buy something? Just go on to the next area. I, either way, I'll, I think I'll probably have it wrapped up by next week and maybe I'll have some final thoughts on it. It's, um, would it have made my top 10? It would be in Uh-oh. competition, I think. Oh. I think really? it would have been in competition. Sure, you sure you want to play this game? We just put those lists up. Yeah, I, I yeah. Listen, I'm not ashamed to say it. A good game is a good game, and I, yeah. I, I'm enjoying it so far. You should always be willing to reevaluate. Yeah, um, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see where it finishes up. But yes, I could definitely see it also in my top ten. Yeah, and I will uh, say if they do the seven thing, that I will also bummed about in seven of just straight umbrella lab at the end and like, oh, it was all the virus or fungus or some other pathogen. Like, I'm gonna be a little bummed. Have you? Because they clearly could not resist that temptation at seven, and I wish they had. I'll talk about this next week with you because I think there's some stuff maybe you haven't seen yet. So mm. next week, uh, we'll spoil some more Resident Evil. Uh, what what a weird what a weird over the top game, uh, dude. That uh, book, that that log, that kind of scientific log about how she made her daughters. Oh, Remember Lady D's, yeah. Dude, that was that was that was legit unsettling to read. I'm trying to think of the specifics of it. Um oh, where she she's like she had the failed test subjects, that one? No, no, no. Like I hope I didn't miss it. Is it with yes? You're making a I face. I don't know. It's just it's really creepy. Okay. I mean, okay. It's just it's just a little side that you could look it up. Okay, I'll have to look it up. Is it's just that, a, a journal like entry? It's, it's this very, it's this very kind of Victorian sounding scientific experimental log thing of like day one, day one, one day after exposure or one day after treatment. Oh yes, okay, like yes, the, like yeah. The, the girls, yeah. the girls have stopped moving entirely, almost yes. as if they are dead. Yes, and then the flies and the whole thing. Yes, yes. yeah, yeah, it's all. Yeah, it was gross. Very evocative. Um. All right, that's Resident Evil Village. Uh, I'll mark this so we're everybody knows we're done with that. Um, R E talk is over. If anybody's still playing it, R E eight more next week on that. I'm sure that I believe that's going to do it for this week's show. Yeah. Um, you don't get big old news like that every week. So you don't get that 
kind of news at Ever. least every 20 years because that's about how long I've been in this business. They don't make news, video game news like that anymore. No, they really don't. Um, Although I guess maybe now they'll be making a lot more of it. Jeez, I don't know if the world can afford it. The uh, so that yeah, that was Microsoft picking up Activision there at the old uh, at the old video games flea market. Just a <laughs> big old bag of Activision. I'll take it. Uh, and then we talked about <laughs> one one third party publisher slightly used, <laughs> <laughs> slightly damaged. Um, we'll we'll take that. Use a new we, carburetor. We'll talk about uh, nobody. We talked about we talked about nobody saves the world. Ali Ali World, which is coming out February eighth. And Resident Evil a Village, if you want to go back, if you skipped it and want to go back and listen to that. Um, that's going to do it for this week's show. I want to thank everybody for listening. Um, we have a Patreon. If you want to go over to nextlander.com or patreon.com slash nextlander, you can find a tier that's right for you. Uh, you can go, if you want to go listen to our other podcast, the ramble cast, uh, that is in one of the tiers over there where, what did we talk about this week? We had a, we had a journey. I remember we were talking, talking about, about canned fish. <laughs> we, we had a, uh, what's, what's your go on a cracker? What's your go on a hamburger? Boy. What to do about spiders in the home. That's right. When you're spider, when you have to learn to stop fearing the spider, what there's a, how, there's a, sometimes yes. you eat the spider, how, sometimes the spider eats you. Do it. Do it. How, how and when to haggle. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yes. For, uh, goods and services. I was going to do, I was going to do a, a spider and, uh, how I learned to love the spider, uh, uh, the bomb, but it just couldn't, couldn't, couldn't get there. Couldn't, quite get, couldn't get, there. get there. Couldn't quite, just didn't have the time. And now sometimes, sometimes the synapses just don't quite connect. Just weren't all firing. I was too focused on wanting to thank our Mysterious benefactor That's to right. your patrons. That's right. You get to this part of the show and the gratitude just overwhelms you. Just overwhel- so, it's like a wave. So, it's- you feel so thankful for all the people that support us. <laughs> I really Hell do. Yeah. Um, not only thankful for the people who watch our shows, not only thankful for the people that listen, uh, and I am very thankful for uh, uh, everybody who has joined our Patreon. And there is a tier there called the Mysterious Benefactor tier, and they get a shout out on this here show, and I'm going to read those names out right now so thanks everybody here you go the mysterious benefactors for this week are evan poon no one Vinny's giant booga boogas nelson leblanc james smith skywarp john hubbard sean miller jack eineker nick donegan evan cook mark wilhelm jm jerry lee Gary Pejski, Conrad Kuzmin, Robert Fisher, Joseph Reagan, John McInnes, hashtag bunny crimes, Peter Reardon, Thomas Lynn, Jad Rita, Statics, Andrew Jackson, Bacon Monk, Chris Barkhurst, Anders Booga, Booga, Booga. Devin Maestro Hall, Brian Murphy, Kevin Velado, Randy Duax, Mark Allenbach, Aaron Gonzalez Beer, Andrew Tiebkin, It Me JP, Edward Cheek, Andrew Slosky, Steve Lynn, Richard Welsh, Matthew Herrig, and Tyler Treese. Our mysterious benefactors for this week. Thanks, everybody. Thanks to mysterious benefactors and to the general audience for supporting us. Yeah, thank you. Want to mention a quick 
programming note here. Uh, thanks for the feedback, everyone, uh, about the uh, time codes and the timestamps for the ad stuff. Yes. I want to reiterate, if you're listening to this, uh, we are uh, <laughs> now making good on the blanket Patreon uh, uh, benefit. Benefit, promise, thank you. The promise of an ad-free podcast is real. Now. Yeah, it had been in there since the beginning, but that will there are no ads in, in any of those Patreon feeds. So um, yes. you, if you're hearing ads in there, check your Patreon feed. If you need help setting that feed up, um, you can either message us over at the Patreon or look it up. There's some pretty good tutorials out there. Or if you're in the Discord, somebody can help you there to make sure that is set up for you if you're looking to get that feed. But yes, there are no ads in the, the Patreon feed. You know, let us know anything with the ad stuff if it's going weird, but uh, it it is now in there on the regular feed. But yes. we're gonna keep the um, we're gonna keep the codes in. Yes, the literally unanimous feedback was that we should keep them, even if they're gonna be off by a few minutes. Yeah. So thanks everybody for for kind of helping us get through that and notice if they're off, they're working, they're not. Appreciate that as we move forward. Um, if you want to watch a hellish court which is a hellish game for a number of reasons, a uh, game about sword fighting. You can watch Alex and I played some of that on Tuesday. Uh, we're going to have um, uh, a release day stream mm-hmm. on Thursday, the time of this release, where we're going to try some Rainbow Six Extraction, if that is running with the servers. It is a release day attempt and some Windjammers too. So pray to the server gods and we'll see how... That all goes. And then on Friday, we're going to go underground with some a Deep Rock Galactic. And Brad, I'm curious to see what you think of that game. Yeah, it's my first time playing it since it went kind of 1.0, finished, fully done. Yeah, I've been playing it for the last two week, uh, our gameplay sessions with my family, and I've been really enjoying it. I think it's a fun game. Uh, so on that note, we're going to leave it there. Unless there's anything else? Is there anything else? I'm thinking. I don't think so. Run through my head. Thinking. I think we're good. Um, So thanks, everybody, for listening. Stay cool. Yeah. Stay cool. Yeah. I know you are cool. Stay cool. Always Uh, be cool. Always be cool. Thank you, Brad. Thank you, Alex. Thank you. We'll be back next week.